Well, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are in the midst of winter. Alex Navarro, wintry, mm-hmm. wintry weather. A mix, if you will. Yeah, is upon us. Brad Shoemaker, we've got ice and snow here coming. Which remix was the best thing I had, and Alex took it. So, um, Polar Vortex. There uh, you pol- go. Yeah, Polar Vortex. Uh, 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 we've got the remains now, which is mostly crunchy ice here in New Jersey. It's it's pretty gnarly, I'll say, if you hit that patch of ice in the wrong spot. Uh, it's got one of those things I feel like going on now where at noon it just becomes warm enough to melt some of the snow yep. that was on the ground. And then as it cools down in the evening, that all becomes ice again. So watch out. Put your booties on because it's slippery out there. Uh, Not to say anything for the rest of the country because I'm not in the rest of the country. Sounds like everybody else is just fine. Yeah, definitely no bad weather anywhere else. Yeah, so it's all here in New Jersey and we handle it. It's just fine. Thank you, Governor Murphy, for erecting the wintry mix dome. Uh, Appreciate it. You're a champion. Uh, you're shaking your <laughs> you're, you're, you're the Midwest me. is literally just buried right now like it's not Alex is it's making not really the, like, shut up <laughs> it's not great not. anywhere right now multiple no. entire states have just canceled their Patreon pledges um, yeah it's uh, no it's look we on the Ramblecast we ask people to please submit your uh, shoveling and ice melting technique we know it is gnarly out there uh Speaking of the Ramblecats, I think I forgot to mention uh, uh, on it was uh, I went to my first battling robots tournament in here in the great state of New Jersey over the weekend. Um, This is like a battle bots, but, you know, smaller thing. Let me tell you about the Garden. I think it's Garden State Robotics League. It is awesome. Do you remember? And some people will remember. Some people won't. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Do you remember um, video games? No. And being like, oh, these are my people who play video games, and I am part of this kind of weird outsider group here, and I met the person who can talk about fucking, I don't know, uh, bump and jump or whatever. You're the only other person I have ever met, and you're also kind of a weirdo outcast. That's what this felt like. Okay. You found your was, robot people is what and you're it saying. Was, my son did. Okay. And it was awesome. It was one of the most like inclusive, great feeling groups, like very early video game. Like we're all here for the video games and it hasn't, didn't feel like, again, that maybe I'm wrong. This is my vibe. Didn't feel like it had factionalized, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that unites us is this weird love for these little, little robots that are fighting in, in these boxes. And it was super cool. I loved the vibe of it. It was on a farm in a little greenhouse. The power went down once. It was mostly just people walking around, like just milling about. It was great. I can't say enough good things about it. The thing you're describing, and I mean, these are different sects of people, certainly, but the thing you're describing reminds reminds me a lot of those weird, like, regional knife competitions i used to look at on uh-huh. youtube uh-huh. the people that got into competitive knife work uh-huh. mostly in texas is from what i could tell where they are literally just hosting their official competition in someone's backyard uh-huh. and eventually graduated to an abandoned home depot uh-huh. and uh i that look those people certainly found their people 
They it do it for like the maybe love. Maybe you have found your people. Yes, they're yes. doing it for the love, not for the pageantry. Who's bringing the empty milk gallons that we can try and slice in half? Oh, uh, Gary's going to go out there with his robot again. You know, I'm going <laughs> to sit there with the lawn chair and I'm going to cheer him on. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to read my book through a lot of it, if we're being honest. Let's just say I think we were maybe the only people not participating in the thing. You know what okay. I mean? Like you were the audience we were maybe the everybody else was just kind of there because they love to be there and they love to do this thing okay uh great group of people it's again seemed like the ones i talked to very willing to chat about that stuff and talk about it you know it reminds me of it reminded me of like early paxes and like the small rooms you'd get into with really intense conversations about a very niche thing yeah uh, like very passionate um and I don't know. There's something inspiring about it. It really brought me back to like earlier days of video games before the whole thing felt polluted and horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, like back when it was just like, hey, do you play video games? Not which video game do you play? Right. And that's like, that's the thing, right? That's the thing you're talking about is that like nowadays it feels like those niche conversations just kind of don't exist in video games as much totally. because everybody plays some video game somewhere. Some video games somewhere, and they hate the people who play the the other one that they yeah. don't play, right? Uh, so, I don't know. I loved it. My son loved it. We were there for a couple of hours. My daughter and my wife kind of went somewhere They were else. reading their book. They went into the car and were drawing and reading books, but, like, it was cool. I Man, I learned more about metallurgy than I have ever learned in my life about the structure of of graphene which i had only ever heard of from astroneer i didn't even know it was a real thing um it's it's amazing it's an amazing community i don't know if anybody out there has ever heard of the i think garden state robotics league you can go and you can watch a video on youtube i we might mm -hmm. be in the live stream uh it's again a person with a laptop that was you know when the power went down the laptop probably went down it was super duper cool Right on. I've just been sitting here through this whole conversation, unable to get past bump and jump. Do you want to find somebody who can talk about bump if, and jump? If somebody asked you to talk about bump and jump, what would you say? I'd say, yeah, it's all right. No, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I played a lot of Spy Hunter on the Commodore 64, not as much bump and jump, but uh, mm -hmm. it's all right. Oh, that's a video game? Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was some kind of robotics technique. No. Wow, no. Uh, uh, but I should name my robot the bump and jump. Um, it's funny you talk about those niche communities because, like, right now, Games Done Quick is going on, and I felt uh -huh. like that was kind of, like, one of the last one of those before that thing really kind of exploded. And it's like... I mean, look, speedrunning is still technically a niche of video games, uh -huh. but I feel like the amount of attention on the concept of speedrunning and the amount of just sort of background knowledge anyone who plays video games has of speedrunning now is a lot higher than it used to be oh yeah my son knows about speedrunning yeah it, it, and like lingo and terminology from speedrunning which is very again it's very cool but you're right alex it's one of those things where like i feel like once those things become factionalized and monetized mm -hmm. and you know oh there's money to be made here things start to get a little weirder right like well like once the fandom's kind of like peel off into like oh and the controversy begins and mm -hmm. at least four or five people get canceled from from the thing yep. then then it's the drama once the drama enters the upper echelons of it like where, where we hear about the drama and it's yeah. not just the scene drama at the bottom because there's always drama oh, we call that the billy mitchell tipping point 
<laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Once, once the Billy Mitchell tipping point happens, like your scene is basically broken. When, once you've had your documentary made about you, what, once you've reached your archetype for a villain. Yeah. And then, uh, once, yeah. once you have a guy who is literally suing you over your records <laughs> within this, like, you know, very small niche league, then you have officially tipped over into the Billy Mitchell territory. What's the Walter Day? Is that the other guy? Yes. The guy yeah, who is also a referee for fucking yogic <laughs> flying competitions. Yes. Did you say yogic? Yes. Like flying yoga? Okay, this is going to take a lot more explanation than maybe I have time for right now. <laughs> but uh, at some point, I while looking up my various dumb competitions on the internet, I came up with the con- with the notion that there are apparently people that get into yogic flying, which is a thing where people who are in sort of the seated like lotus position, yeah, yeah. will basically hop from a sitting position, kind of moving along. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen people do that. Yeah, and apparently yeah. Walter Day is very much into transcendental meditation and yoga uh, stuff, and uh, is at least in some way involved in that. I Those guess I two found things a video don't of, seem like they have to be connected. But. No, but I found a video where he was refing some kind of yogic flying thing. And I don't know how much competition it really is because it feels like it's more of a, hey, this is more of a just a friendly thing and not uh-huh. as much a, a hard, you know, uh-huh. hard-nosed kind not of competition. Yet. Not yet. Wait until I get in there. But if you told me Walter Day was into some weird transcendental stuff, I would believe it. You know, once you have the referee shirt, you can basically... You can go anywhere. <laughs> you can, you just show you can, up anywhere. You can ref it. You've made the in- initial outlay of money. You've invested in it. Uh, I don't know if he needs a whistle as well. Great. Uh, now I'll have to, uh, you know, that's a piece of knowledge you will never be able to shake loose from your brain now. So enjoy. Yeah. Uh, am I going to go look that up? Maybe. The referee Maybe. shirt really is the ultimate form of clipboard, isn't it? Yeah. In, well, once in you terms got of it. accessories that will allow you to just walk into a place without anybody bothering you. I've got a ref shirt or two that we had him at the roller rink. I don't. Does it still fit? Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. Do, do I still have it? Probably. I think that thing was made of pure plastic nylon. So what are you going to do? Get rid of something like that? Hell no. Hell no. So it's, like I said, I can go ref a yogic flight thing too. Yeah. I, I can go mess with Walter Day and be like, I'm the real ref here. I'm the ref here. Um, all right. Should we get to the video games? Sure. So we've got Prince of Persia on the table and uh, we've all put some time into it. So I think we said we're going to try and play this a little bit differently uh, in terms of format for the podcast. I think we're going to start since this game just came out. No spoilers here. We're just going to kind of talk about impressions, where we're at. I think going forward, we'll come back to Prince of Persia, and when we talk about it, spoilers. And where yeah. we're at, what we're doing, all that stuff. But the game just came out, so let's talk Prince of Persia, uh, spoiler-free from now. Alex, what do you think of the Prince of Persia? So I have to preface all of this with, again, saying that Metroidvanias are just not my favorite kind of game in general. Uh, mm-hmm. and getting into them is a thing that I have always eventually run into a wall with. Uh, so uh, uh-huh, far, good. You need a, yeah. a wall-climbing ability yeah. or some kind of traversal. I never found the right ability to get yeah. past the genre. Um, <laughs> but so what I will say with this one is I have not hit that wall yet, and I've gotten a lot further than I have gotten in recent ones of these, uh, which is to say more than a handful of hours. Um and a big part of that is that they have figured out the thing that drives me absolutely bonkers about these games, which is trying to remember why you can't get past an area and then uh, traversing all the way back to that area and realizing, nope, still don't have the thing I need. <laughs> totally, yeah, all yeah. right. Guess I wasted that last 10 minutes. So you're probably referencing the like take a picture a screenshot and, and pin it to yes. your map thing. Take yeah. a picture. It will last longer than your memory. Yes, for sure. Yes. I 
sometimes I, I guess I understand why they don't don't do this because they don't want to spoil what abilities you're gonna have. But like even just an icon of like, hey, can you pin the icon of the thing you just saw to the yes. map would also be helpful. Um, kind of like Resident Evil, new Resident Evil style, where it's like, oh, you need this key. It's a diamond mm-hmm. key. This is the thing. Yeah. Some games I feel like have done it. This is a fair compromise as long as you yeah. remember to mark the map. Yes. And I'm they give you a limited number of those and that's fine. Which I is a weird thing. I feel like they shouldn't, but yes. It it doesn't really bother me because past a certain point you don't really need that much more. I would I've I, so far mm. I have not run into the upper limit uh okay. in terms of what I actually need screenshot wise. I am really only screenshotting areas where I'm like this is a big opening. This feels like somewhere I would want to go, but I can't <laughs> go there yet, so I'm just going to mark it. So your initial impressions, pretty fun. Yeah. Good, Metroidvania. Solid, snappy combat. Yeah. Um, I really, I think, I so far I've not found any of the bosses that difficult. You really can get through a lot of the early bosses just by sliding underneath them every time it looks like they're about to attack. Hmm. Um, but the, in, it, the, the, re, the basic combat flow feels really good. Um, and yeah, like just the navigation aspect of it, the thing I hate most about these games feels like it has been mitigated in a way that does not just make them a cakewalk make it a cakewalk to explore but also takes away that memory element which is always my challenge do you have have you gotten any of the big traversal powers yet uh i've gotten a couple um okay. you know and i've got like the bow i've got um at least one other weapon um and i've just kind of you know just been plugging away at it once you kind of figure out the path of where you need to go it's not that hard to just kind of move your way through it I mean, you'll find areas and entrances you can't go through, but, like, my biggest challenge was just finding that forest at the beginning. Like, when they're just, like, <laughs> okay, yeah. you kind of are like, hey, that guy's to the east. Go find him. Yeah. And it's just, like, cool. Uh, I found, like, seven entrances to places I couldn't go yet. And I was like, is it behind one of these? Finally found it. Uh, but once I did that, I got through that forest pretty fast because it's just mm. like, hey, you're just kind of, like, once you know where you're going, you can just go. Are you on the exploration or the guided mode? I'm on the regular mode. Okay. Does it show you an objective marker or, or no, not? No, that, it that's doesn't. The distinct- okay, you must be on the exploration. I am too. Yeah. Um, I feel like having not having that objective marker makes it feel like old Metroid in that mm-hmm. I have stumbled into like five areas already. Like you kind of, you know, you spoke off of the main area they start you in. Obviously, there's one place they want you to go. Yes. But I... I think the forest was like the fourth area, like named area, you know, like when yeah. you go into a new area with new textures and tile set and whatever, like they're like, they're like the catacombs, you know, or the upper city. Yeah. I think I went to like four other named areas before I found that forest. Same. And that's like, it's a little aimless, but it's also kind of a cool throwback of just like, I'm just exploring, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not just beelining for the objective marker you slapped on here. Cause that's where my next ability is that I need to progress. Like I'm, I mean, some of those areas were kind of hard, and I died and lost a fair amount of progress. Well, you don't lose progress, right? Like, you don't lose any items you've picked up, right? Yeah. Nope. Just, just... It just warps yeah. you back to the last uh, whack-whack tree. <laughs> yes. I had gotten pretty far afield of my closest whack-whack tree, though, mm. so, like, definitely stumbling into some of those areas. I mean, specifically, like, the depths or the catacombs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's tough down there. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like, and I somehow ended up down there first and was like, man, is this game really hard? Uh, I would say no. I don't no. think it's really hard. It's just that that was a kind of a, what seems like a later game area. Oh, that I poor sweet summer child. Fell mm-hmm. into. That game gets extremely difficult. Oh, okay. I believe it. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of with Alex where it feels like the 
the slide forward without collision or damage with, you know, iframes on it or whatever kind of almost feels like an exploit early on. Yeah. It feels like you can kind of do that to almost everything. I feel like I've run into one enemy type so far where there is at least a stutter step they do that prevents me from just easily sliding under them over and over again. But, like, I, I imagine that is not going to hold forever. Yeah. So what do you think, Brad, so far? I, I think I think it's quite a good one of those. Um, other than other than the screenshot feature, you know, I don't think there's anything, like, wildly innovative. But it's, it's a very well-constructed Metroidvania from what I've seen so far. It's got uh, some I, personality I it, to it, too, yeah, which I, it, I enjoy. I think that the storytelling is maybe a little plotting for me. It is, but um, I like the characters you're in there with. I think, like, because the, the setup is that you and this uh, army of immortals are out there to rescue this prince that has been kidnapped and brought to this ancient temple. Uh, you keep running into your cohorts throughout the map as you are, you know, plunging deeper and deeper into this and, you know... I think they're a fun b- bunch of personalities. I don't really care about the A plot that much, but I've enjoyed just like hearing them comment on things and just having those little moments of narrative pop up. I don't think the central mystery is, mystery is all that interesting, but it doesn't, that's not really what I'm here for. I think the, you know, ultimately it's, is the exploration fun enough and is the combat fun enough to keep you wanting to, to dive in deeper? And so far it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once you're wandering around and running into people, I mean the, you know, the interludes are like 30 seconds of dialogue. Like that's yeah. not a problem. And also like the supernatural goings on in this place in the Citadel are kind of interesting the way they're playing around with time and stuff like that. Um, it's more at the beginning. Like they, they really, especially if you go around talking to everybody, it's like a good 30 minutes of setup before you get into the place. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's fairly breezy once you're in there, from what I've seen. So I, I'm pretty far along. I think I might be near. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Wrapping up the main the main thing. That game is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the challenge in the first part is pretty, or the curve is pretty good at getting you used to some of that combat. Like yeah, um, like hey, here's how this is gonna go. In the kind of second third of the game there it really turns on the environmental navigation so like in the first third of it i feel like the jumping around and kind of getting through the environments is not that the platforming is not that difficult like you have some poles you're doing a you're sticking to a wall you're jumping off a wall you're doing some other stuff you're avoiding some spikes on some of those walls you know that kind of thing once you get to the second, I'll say the third. I don't know if I'm in the third third or the third fourth of it right now. It's uh-huh. hard, kind of hard to tell. I, I've done a lot of the, um, uh, it, for folks who are, are playing along, uh, I've done the constellation stuff is what I'll say. Okay. Um, and in the set, I'm gonna what I'm gonna call the second third of what I was in. Holy shit. Okay. The because now you have a stack of powers to use. Some of that stuff is intense, especially mm. if you're going for Xerxes coins or Zeri's coins, whatever they're Xerxes, called. Xerxes, yes. Um, though that stuff is wild and fun, but wild. And then the boss encounters expect you to now use all of those moves and your combat skills. There, there's some great boss fights. Very okay. hard. V- kind of remind me like of Souls boss fights where it just takes me a long time to memorize the patterns. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, it's a boss fight where I just stand there and take the hits because I'm trying to figure out how I need to 
navigate this one attack and be like, okay, can I get through this one attack? Can I get through this one attack? Um, how much how much harder than that Manticore boss on that you fought on the stream? Would you say that Manticore boss might as well be an everyday enemy? Like yeah, okay. like it is leagues harder. What, what I'm talking about is more like that gateway boss in Elden Ring, like that. Um, okay. remember the guy, uh, what's his name? The dude who like uh, the first boss who's a threshold boss. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, you yeah. need to get through this person. That fucking guy. Yeah, like stuff gets pretty wild. Um, it's, it's bosses that like, I'm like, oh, okay. My first encounter out, got this boss down to like three quarter health. I think I could do this. And then a half hour later, I'm still banging my head against the boss being like, gotcha. damn it. How do I get through? You know, cause they have phases. And as you win- winnow down the health, they hit their like other phases. And you're like, shit, this phase is ridiculous. Um, and you're using all your powers in a way that is like, button kung fu you know it is it is wild and fun and rewarding but like i don't think i've had too many games where like my kids are sitting there cheering me on because uh-huh. like, they're like oh my god you almost did it uh and it's just fun to watch because it's a spectacle uh even the navigating some of the areas is super duper wild and fun and the things they the way they combo i said this when we did the stream and i felt it initially and i really feel it now it's just well designed like mm-hmm. it's just fun and well designed i've hit a couple of bugs i hit one really bad bug that set me back like a half hour i got i clipped through a wall and oh. i couldn't escape and i was a half hour out from my whack whack tree um from the last time i hit one which kind of sucked uh, they do the fun thing. I think Ori did this as well, where if you go and you collect an item, you have to land back on solid ground before you can get possession of the item. Mm-hmm. And that means you can't just, you know, jump in and die in a pit to get an item. You have to navigate right. the puzzle to actually claim the item. And there has to be a clean landing on the way on the return. Yeah. yeah. And like touching a wall doesn't count touching an, uh, a platform that dissolves doesn't count. You have to have solid ground underneath you. And it's happened oh to me twice where I finally have done the thing after a half hour and I get smashed by some block that I didn't see. Right. Like I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Cause my kids will be there. I'll be like, yeah. And then there's a block <laughs> a block comes and smashes me oh boy. Uh, because that's where the starting thing was. It's, awesome i think this game is great i can't wait for you guys to get further along uh, especially um past the embargo point which we couldn't show which was a little bit further than we were in the stream the game changes a bit and then mm-hmm. and, and it then becomes about really navigating these pit traps and and moving obstacles which it hadn't before and it's got a good ramp up and then you start hitting real bosses like actual gotcha actual nightmare bosses that are like damn this is this is serious this is the real shit now i'm not saying other people are probably aren't able to like navigate that in a way that is much easier i have a little trouble with those bosses understanding what's parryable or not you know most of them seem to have that red eye flash when then when um you can't parry a thing so that's that's probably maybe on me not reading it the whole time but it's fun man it's uh it's cool and fun and weird and hard and probably you know it's january but it's probably my favorite game of the year so far okay uh, it's bold uh-huh uh-huh it's 17 days in 17 days in it's um, um it's it's really neat it's i think it's well designed I, a little bit of polish here and there um because i have run into uh, a few bugs that are like okay again that one that was really bad a couple of other ones were like i vanished 
<laughs> for a while. Uh, um, but I was able to come back. Yeah, I, I also I feel like the look of the game is like fine, but not mind blowing. Yeah, this is I guess the best way I can. Like I'm not trying to be denigrating of it or you know it looks fine but it's not like jump out at you next generation video games you yeah. know in, in no. your face super impressive like the art, the art is fairly simplistic but it you know it gets the job done just fine it, it feels like a modern version of an xbla game you know like yes. it looks yeah. good yes. sure it is well rendered for one of those but it, it does feel like they are operating at a smaller production scale than like you know let's say a full 3d prince of persia game might be yeah yeah there's definitely an element of that you know it, it is a 50 dollars game so i guess that is sort of in the conversation there it's like but longer a, but, lo- longer than i thought too i mean I'm yeah like, from a content perspective it seems like it's actually a pretty meaty game like 15 hours in trying to collect a lot of stuff but i still got a lot of map to uh go back and and check some of the fast travel i wish were a little bit better like yeah, to I'd, get around that I'd, map i'm not like so they withhold some of the fast travel points until later because i've mm-hmm. been through some entire areas and there just are none in that area sometimes you have to be able to reach it um huh. so okay. yeah sometimes like i mean they do a lot of zelda like shortcuts and dark souls like shortcuts where it's like oh just open this thing you had to take the long way around but now you have the shortcut open a gate open from the other side and now you can get here a little bit quicker right but but sometimes it's a little longer than i want it to be yeah that's like you know sorry well, just, just but the traversal now. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a game that just gives you almost godlike powers in traversal? And where I'm at, like traversal feels almost meaningless in a lot of ways, and that's always super fun. That's that's where the second Ori got to as well, where yeah. they just started giving you abilities at the end that like broke most of their platforming challenges. Yeah, but they, after you've been putting up with enough bullshit for long enough, it's just satisfying to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, and and they're fun, and there's ones that. Uh, you know, you could probably name three you're going to get out of the gate, right? Like, you know, you're going to get certain things out of the gate. And there are some that I'm just like, damn, that's that's pretty wild that you can do that in this game. Uh, that was a cool one. Um, you know, it, it, it's I just got one now that it's like, OK, well, I'm just flying through these levels at this point, like able to go back and, and reach places that I thought. Um, <laughs> like you said, Brad, like you spend five minutes trying to bounce off of stuff and now it's just like zoop like i'm just through mm-hmm. yeah I, I i assume i'm not nearly to where you're talking about but i'm i feel like i'm even now starting to see some of the kind of timed platforming challenge stuff you're talking about like you know like i'm, I'm in spots where like the platforms that you're jumping on drop out from under you after yeah. like two seconds but also there are platforms you have to shoot it you have to target and shoot a thing with the bow to activate mid-flight mm-hmm. you know so like there's already some element of timing and trying to stay in the air uh, long enough to get through stuff. There was a part where I did when the kids were watching where they were literally, I'm not going to say it now because I'll give away some of the powers, but there was a, about a six sequence thing of events. You ha- I had to do in the right order and they all had it memorized and they were, they were basically, these aren't the things, but it was like run, jump, jump, run, run you know they had it memorized Dog and bottom <laughs> totally uh but it was all the different powers you had to use in a specific order to make the platforming work the way you needed it to mm-hmm. and like so that stuff where like you have the disappearing platforms and have to kind of like shoot a button to make the next one appear so you can land on it stuff it just escalates from there in kind of fun ways that the first time you do it, you're like, no, this is never going to happen. Like, this is just right. Not, my hands cannot do this thing that you want me to do. And then you're like, okay, I can do this. And that's always very rewarding. So, um, 
I really like it, Prince of Persia, um, The Lost Crown, the best game of January for me so far of 2024. I mean, look, is- I'll say again, it's a Metroidvania that I'm actually having fun playing and not don't just immediately being like, nope, not for me. So that yeah. has to say something about it. Yeah. I'll be curious would- once you get to some of the later bosses if you're like, this is fun still, or now this is frustrating? Oh, I'll probably hit a wall eventually, but if I get far enough in, I'm still going to call that a win. I, I wish I wish it was easier to play on the D-pad. I, well, frankly, I wish every game of this type just lets you use stick or D-pad. I wish mm. they would just build the choice in by default. They do let you remap controls even on console, which is appreciated, but there's like one too many abilities to sacrifice the D-pad for movement and still be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. So I haven't quite figured that one out yet, but like there's enough precision timing and like, you know, having to reverse course on a dime type stuff that I really wish you could do the D-pad. I saw John from Digital Foundry on Twitter saying he had found a way to map things Mm. to make that work. So maybe that's possible. It it definitely has some very tight timing. Uh, And I've had instances where I'm like, it was, was that me? Was that user error or was that kind of input error on the surface, right? Like that, uh, you know, I meant to go right and it went diagonally or I, I you know, I was hit, hitting down, but not down right or, or something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, overall fun, snappy, whack, whack trees, uh, load them up. Uh, cool game. I, again, I don't know how exactly how far I am. I'm scared to hit more bosses now because I have found them the last two or three I have fought have been extremely challenging uh, and hard. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll come back to Prince of Persia next week as well, Mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about some other games after the break. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Factor, Brad Shoemaker. Alex Navarro, hello. It is 2024. Wait, it is? Man, what happened? <laughs> That's what they keep telling me, despite what I keep writing on my checks and file names. It is 2024, and you know what that means. What does that mean? Time to come up with some resolutions that you can actually make good on. All right. I'm sure you've thought long and hard about this. What do you got? Well, one of mine that I definitely want to do is to try to eat a little bit better in this year because, boy, do I love to eat like garbage. Mm, You know, I think a lot of people could identify with that in recent years. Absolutely. And Factor is here to help you out with your New Year's resolution and to help you eat better. Factor is the meal kit service that gives you pre-prepared meals that you can just pop into the oven, heat up, and enjoy the deliciousness. I know I love to do that. I bet you do too, Brad. Hey man, it's 2024. It's the future. What if the food just came in the mail? Absolutely. I didn't believe it was possible until I saw it with my own eyes. They got dry ice and everything. It's fantastic. I've had Factor Meals before. It is good eaten. I am particularly fond of their smoothies because I like it when you take fruit food, put it in a blender, and let me drink it. That's just how I like to live my life. But if you want regular food, they got that too. Forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. You can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use the code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 to get 50% off. Thanks, Factor. 
All right, we are back, and Alex. Yeah. The good times roll on. <laughs> War Hospital. Uh, no, they don't. Um, yeah, this is. I I, I mentioned this game just because this is one that we mentioned on the Planorama, and it was one of the few things kind of coming out around this time. And as someone who is not immune to the appeal of bummer games, uh, <laughs> especially bummer strategy games, Frostpunk, I'm looking at you. Uh, I thought I would give this one a shot. Uh, it is published by Nacon. Uh, I don't know much about the developer that made it, but uh, it's not great, unfortunately. Oh, no, um, like not a great game. It's not a great game. It's 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 okay, but it's very much a. I mean, it's it's what it sounds like. It is a World War One hospital triage simulator. Basically, you are managing a space where you are building out hospital facilities, staffing them, making sure they are working on shifts. Uh, trying to keep them their morale as high as possible in the most depressing circumstances imaginable. Uh, and then occasionally you will have to do things like uh, send people that you have cured back out into the front to try and defend against enemy incursions, because if those incursions get to you, it is game over. Mm. Well, um, that all sounds like a real bummer. It is a massive bummer, and again, that is not my problem with it. <laughs> Uh, I can deal with a bummer game as long as there is enough going on under the hood to sort of keep me hooked. And what I found with this one is that it's a might bit shallow for maybe what mm. I actually need to push past the depressing parts of it. Um, a lot of the management sim stuff is like fine, but I would not say it is doing anything that is particularly novel or interesting beyond what a lot of other games like this have done. Uh, I wouldn't say it's any deeper than something like a two-point hospital, but, you know, obviously a very different tone. Um, it just, it feels like they had an idea, but the, it's struggling against trying to figure out a way to keep the gameplay compelling that is not just you want to kind of wallow in the misery of mm. this whole thing. And that is where I think I'm maybe just not having a, a particularly interesting time with it, because, again, something like Frostpunk, which is a deeply depressing game, had enough systems going on and had like a nice presentation and did some things that at least sort of like kept you interested, even though you were literally deciding whether you were going to reenact child labor or not. Um, this true, just by yeah, the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well, predicted the future. Who could say? Um, but in this case, it just feels like the systems are there and they work, but they are not enough to kind of hold at least my attention past kind of the initial hours of figuring out what everything is. I mean, they take a while to tutorialize everything, but like none of it's that complicated. It's also just not as well spelled out even in those tutorials as I would like. There were a couple of times where I could not figure out if I was staffing something wrong or not. And then I realized, no, I had just not gotten to the part of the tutorial where they tell you how to add staff ah, to this thing. Oh, I hate when that happens. Yeah. Yes. It's annoying. Yes. Um, so, like, it's not that I think there's nothing there, and maybe, you know, after some updates, maybe after some time, they'll build it out more in a more interesting way, but, like, right now, it just kind of feels like the launch version of the game is, like, okay, but it's just not that exciting or interesting. Okay. It's War Hospital. Yeah. Uh, that it's on Steam. Is... It's, like, 30 bucks. I would say it does not feel like... It's it's maybe slightly steep for what it is. It looks like it's on console. Do you know if that's actually launched on console? I don't too? know. I just know okay. about the PC version. Okay, and you played it on Steam. I played it on Steam. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we're depressing. Not cool. I don't know. Yeah. Not or maybe not that cool. Um, Brad Shoemaker, a, you tried that Last of Us Two Part Two. The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. What's going on there? Which is kind of just the Last of Us Part Two. 
they would tell you, I mean, this was a joke on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not a few months ago when they put out some side-by-side shots of this Mm -hmm. to say, here's what we've done graphically to this remaster. (laughs) I don't think even the, the, even those with a trained eye could see much of a difference. Interesting. If, If you've seen the meme of Alex Jones, when he was hawking his health products and tried to show a before and after photo of himself, uh, having used said products and it, he looks exactly the same, except slightly, uh, more bronze tanned. Uh, that's kind of what I felt like looking at these images. It's like, you're telling me there's a difference, right? I'm not seeing it. What is yeah. it? That office meme? They're the same picture. This uh, is the same picture. Yes. This is a, yeah. Yeah. How many times is that posted underneath, <laughs> underneath yeah. that, uh, that thing? Yeah. I mean, so this is a PS five native version of the game. Um, I believe it does run at higher resolutions and higher frame rate, but if you own the PS four version already on PS five, they had already patched that version. Okay to run at 60 frames a second. So even that was already in place for people who didn't have this. Um, It's only a $10 upgrade. If you have the PS4 version, you just pay 10 bucks and you get the new stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I believe it's only 50 as a new game if you don't own it at all. Okay. Um, But the, there's a roguelike mode in here called no return. That is absolutely like the real new thing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of like getting way into it weirdly. Okay. Like didn't I, I mean, it worked for me with Hitman. Yeah, like, I I wasn't sure. I, I thought the combat in 2 was vastly improved over the first game. Um, but I kind of wasn't sure how it would work as this repeatable thing. I think there's enough design around the way they present all the roguelike stuff. I mean, it's it's a full-on roguelike. It's like, you're in a home base, you've got a board with, like, photos with string, like a conspiracy theory up, you know, and you're, like, mm-hmm. picking a path. You're picking a route toward a boss, you know, so you're, like, you're saying, like, okay, I'm going to go this route, which is going to shut out these other encounters. But I can see, like, here are the things that will drop if I do this thing. You know, there's a bunch of different counter types. There are, like, mods and challenges and just the whole thing. You know, like, right. I, I assume some of their work on their canceled live service game may have informed mm-hmm. the design of this thing. Because this thing is just, like, challenge tracked out the ass. Like, like, everything you do completes a challenge and it opens up three more new challenges early on. Um, there's 10 playable characters. Uh, you start oh, with interesting. Yeah. You start, you start with Ellie and Abby and then each one of them respectively has another four characters that are kind of like from their side, quote unquote, that unlocks, uh, as okay. you play, everybody's and got, all in like, they're all weaved into an actual narrative that is not just gameplay mechanics. No, no, no. There's no, no narrative whatsoever. Oh, okay. Like, like zero. This is, this is full on like arcade mode basically. Oh, okay. Like there's like, okay. There's like zero justification for why any of this is happening. Okay, so it's um, not like each side is just trying to get supplies or beat bosses. No, no, or no, no, no. Okay, no, and you just pick one character at the beginning. I mean, everybody's got their own loadout, their own. Um, do you remember how skills work in those games where you like find magazines that open up like new? Oh yeah, skill tracks. Yeah, yeah. So like every character has like one or two specific skill trees at the start, and then you okay. can pick up more random ones that drop later. But so like choice of character is like what starting weapons and starting skill trees you want. Okay, uh, basically. Um. A bunch of different, you know, encounter types. There's like, there's like assault, but then like, will the enemies be in like search mode or full on combat mode at the beginning? Is like a variable. What faction is it going to be between, you know, zombies, seraphites, WLF, that kind of thing. Um, some some of the encounters have AI that you have to. That I mean, they both help kill, but you have to protect them because you get game over if they die. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Is that frustrating or that's fun? Um, that's so far seemed- they've been so far they've been super competent. Okay. Like, so far they have done way more. They've pulled their weight for sure. They've done way more killing than they did getting in trouble. Okay. So that's been pretty nice. Um, there's there's just there's a good carrot on a stick to the whole thing because you are unlocking so much every time you play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least early on. Um, I finished my first run yesterday. Finally, so a run is like five or maybe six encounters, and then a boss. Um, and there's like six bosses every time. Basically, every time you beat a boss, you move on to now taking on the next boss. Do um, do you take stuff out with you now? Like, do you have some like permanent stuff that will help in another run? I'm trying to think. I I haven't. I've been looking for that. I mean, there's so many meters to keep track of and stuff. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, but I don't think there's anything like, like extra health per character or anything that you're going to get permanently. Okay. Or like a, like a new skill that just you have forever. No, it's mostly been unlocking new characters and then unlocking a bunch of like gun and character skins on the challenges. Okay. Um, I think I'm pretty sure anything gameplay relevant, be it more health, better weapon stuff, whatever is contained within a run. And, okay. And it's going to be gone after that. It was like a little something coming out. Yeah. It's so far it's been the extra characters for me. Okay. Cause like, um, like I didn't, I didn't find Ellie or Abby's starting stuff super great, but then I got Lev and, and immediately finished my first run. <laughs> uh, so like the different characters are very different play styles. That seems. Okay. I don't want to get too much into the story, but like you play as Lev, like tearing yeah. up people. Yes. Yeah, so it's like Do you see Dean, does Dina, it seem like some of the vibes might be different yes. from okay. Dina Dina is one of Ellie's playable characters who is pregnant and Okay. You know, like I mean they're just pulling character models from the yeah. story basically and I assume just mapping existing animations like, onto them. Disregarding their thematic or or whatever narrative kind yes, of kind of traits they may have had well, in the game. Well, actually I, I poked around in the story a little bit just to look at some of the levels and like Dina's straight up in there talking about how the first person she, she was 10 the first time she killed a person. Sure. So I guess everybody's kind of rough and tumble in this universe mm. to be fair. But um, you said this is kind of devoid of narrative. It's uh, more a thousand percent. Okay. A thousand percent. The, and the Ragnarok one was a Valhalla. I think yeah. that that is tied into like story stuff. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to see, you know, what happened on what whiteboards inside of Sony to say, look, we're not doing online multiplayer stuff, but we are adding tail to these games by adding these roguelike modes. God of war got it. This has it. I wonder if we'll see that, um, moving forward as, I mean, last of us, or sorry, uncharted had those very popular, you know, multiplayer modes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people, people, not- people really like the multiplayer in that first last of yeah. us too. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. I didn't play that much. I played more of the Uncharted stuff, but yeah, maybe this is their new direction. I have no idea, but you know, it's it's probably not a coincidence. God of War and this both have these replayable. Is it monetized in any way? Uh, not that I've seen. Okay. I don't think so. Interesting. So um, you like it? It's been uh, pretty fun. Like I'm kind of surprised how much I have wanted to keep playing it. Um, it's very satisfying. Like the, the encounters are just very different from run to run. There's like, there's like a bajillion modifiers you'll get. Hmm. Like, um, like on one level it'll be like melee kills give you health or like vaulting makes you run faster for five seconds afterwards. Or, uh, do you remember that really dark office in that game? There's a part where it's like a, like pitch black office and there's these enemies that hide around corners that you have to fight. 
boy, mm-hmm. you might have to be more specific. That sounds it's, like all of Last of Us. Yeah. So I, I pulled that. I was like, I was on the run that I finally ended up beating the boss. I was like one encounter away from the boss and pulled that one where it was very dark. And it was also a holdout mission, which are really hard in this thing. Like the holdouts mm-hmm. are hard because the combat in this game is not tuned for you getting ganged up on by multiple enemies. Mm. But that's exactly what happens in these holdouts. So I was just like, well, fuck, this is my best run so far, but I am not going to make it to this boss because I'm in the pitch black area where I'm going to get swarmed by zombies. It turned out one of the modifiers I pulled on that one was photo mode filter on. And the photo mode filter they gave me was just like super overexposed, like blown out, like high contrast well, not like night mode. vision goggles, like some of your character found. Just no, photo no, mode. no, but it had that exact practical effect. Like it literally functioned so as weird. night vision. <laughs> Like That's I got weird. so lucky that I just pulled that and I could suddenly see in the dark and actually made it through barely. Like it was kind of, it's kind of exciting. Like, um, you know, pulled a, pulled an encounter with a bunch of WLF with dogs coming at me, but they had put trip wires on this map and the dogs did not know about the trip wires, which was grim for the dogs. Mm. Like there's just a ton of variation to it. Like it's quite hard and there's a bunch of variation to the stuff that can happen that just leads to like a bunch of pretty entertaining moments and like tactical possibilities and stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of shocked how much I have enjoyed it. Um, I, I wonder, so you said you got like, there are other people, companions or whatever in the thing. Do you think there's any room ever in this for other people to join in? You think there's some compromise of this, of the multiplayer thing? And this this is a version of it. You mean this like might've descended from the multiplayer game? Yeah. Possible. Cause like, this sounds like a, I would think I would rather play this co-op with people. Yeah. This would be fun. Multiplayer. It's kind of sad that that's, that's not in here, but yeah. Like, uh, it sounds like a fun thing to go on a run with, you know, with, with other people, uh, if the elements are all there, maybe, maybe they'll add that if this is very popular in the future or a version of it. When we get last of us part two remastered part two, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll yes. remastered. remastered, remastered, uh, final mastered. Yeah. Um, one other thing I was going to mention real quick in there. I mean, there's other stuff like they've added, I think commentary for all the cutscenes in the game and stuff like that. That's neat. They put. I think they call them lost levels, which is kind of amusing <laughs> if you have played the Super Mario Brothers, but um, it's cut content. Like it's just straight up like three areas from the game that were cut from the game and they literally took what they had, put it in the game in enough of a playable state for you to check it out. And it's like kind of awesome to see. And you can play it from the menu. Yeah. You just pick okay. it from the menu. They've got commentary for those cut ones as well. If you want to hear like their rationale for why they cut stuff, but it's it's really interesting to me in this era of like, you know, the Insomniac leak last month. Yeah. Or like Naughty Dog actually had a lot of Last of Us Part Two stuff leak months before it came out. Like unfinished in development material on games is getting out there a lot these days anyway. So it's yeah. like kind of cool to see them take ownership of that in a way and sort of put it out on their terms, you know, or with context, with like proper context. I wonder how much um, work they had to do for those usually I feel like I, I I don't know. Everybody's development pipeline is different, but what, by the time you're cutting that stuff, it's not like a movie where you're cutting for time, right? Like you, you don't bring it all the way to development. No, definitely not. Also, it's interesting. I mean, they did say actually, um, I've only played one of the three so far, but like, they actually do say like, Hey, this was slowing down the pacing on this part of the game. That's why we cut oh, it. But, but yes, but yeah, they, they did not do any more work on these okay. after, after they were cut and they're very upfront about like, Hey, <laughs> Okay. Like, like no dialogue or something placeholder animations, placeholder effects, oh, okay. placeholder. Like they, they like That's three times, cool. okay. three times before you start this thing. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, again, 
just so you know, like yeah, yeah. this was very much work in progress. There's a bunch of stuff that's not final in here, but like, I think it's actually like probably very instructive for people who play video games to see stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean like, to know, Oh yeah. I mean, I to think, know how much work goes into that. Right. Stuff. Right. Like if, if, if observing the discourse around video games on Twitter has taught me anything in the last couple of years, it's that a ton of people do not understand how much work and how complicated it is to make a video game. Yes. And so showing people like what things look like halfway through, I think is, is pretty uh, educational and has some value there. Um, on top of, you know, just like getting to see some stuff that wasn't finished that could have been in the game. That's cool. I'm yeah. glad it's, I'm glad it's more of an, it's unpolished state, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like seeing that stuff. Yeah, the the one I played is like very glaringly not finished uh, okay. in, in some ways, and it's kind of cool to see. And you don't have to like get up to the part in the actual no, no, game no. for it. That's cool. no, no. You just pick them off of a menu. That's um, neat. So if yeah. I own the game, five dollars gets me in the uh, door here. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten okay. bucks to upgrade from PS4. I, th- I think that if the roguelike mode sounds cool to you, I think it is pretty good. Like if, mm-hmm. if that doesn't sound like the kind of thing you would be into in the first place, I would not bother probably i don't think the the cut content is maybe pushing it for 10 bucks alone i think for me personally Um, and maybe i'll check this out at some point but if it had more of a narrative hook or if it were multiplayer obviously that's a different product but um i would i would be more interested in it um i think the i think the mechanics in the gameplay in last of us are two are are great yeah it's good gameplay so i I see why that would make sense there but it, it can be pretty exciting. I mean, you're definitely like, there's still a ton of crafting. Like it's very crafting heavy and there's a bunch of like, there'll be upgrades that make you craft faster or craft more efficiently, you know? And sometimes you're just like very frantically trying to craft a thing behind cover while people are running at you. So they yeah, can, yeah. can throw it at them. You know, it's like, it's a lot of really in the moment stuff to survive that I have found really satisfying. Very cool. Uh, that is the last of us part two remastered. Best looking last of us yet. Maybe. Yeah. It was, very, it was a very good looking game. That's what they're it, saying. It looks great on the PS4 playing it now. Like it very much looks like a PS4 game. Mm. Like, like it still looks totally fine, but I absolutely can see now that we've had a year or two of new console games under our belt. Like you can definitely see the difference. I assume it runs just fine. Yeah. Okay. There's been, there's been some weird graphical, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like flickering surfaces and edges on a couple levels. Hmm. That I assume is just a bug. That might just be a pre-release bug, or something. This is this. My I'm sorry if this is a very bad, dumb question, but what is what is the Last of Us states part one even on the PC? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Part okay, one came so, out on PC, and then uh, so what? Had, had a lot of issues technically. But and is this announced for PC at, at this point? I can't remember if they've said. I, like it's 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 definitely going to happen on PC. Okay. Like there's no way it won't. I just, let me, let me just check. I don't know if they've literally come out and said it's coming to PC or not. I don't think they have. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they have. And did they do that with the first part? Like they just announced it for PS5 and then later you got a PC. Um, I can't remember when they said PC was coming out for the first one, but yeah, the, the part one remaster was like fall 2022 on PS5 and then like January of 23. So okay. it, was, it was just a few months later. If oh, I now I remember that. Yeah. Right. Cause it was in our calendar and I was like, this came out already. Yes. And then it was like, no, this is the PC port. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did they make good on it? Like the people seem pretty happy I with it in the end. I think they've cleaned it up some. I haven't followed okay. it too closely. Uh, I think they Look, definitely I like Sony stuff coming to PC. I think that's great. I want it to be. Yes, for sure. Good. For sure. Although that, that game was one of the poster children of when like the conversation about like, like 
graphics cards don't have enough RAM on them these days. And that was one of the games people kept pointing to as, as a major offender there. So it was definitely kind of rough. Uh, all right. That is the last of us part two remastered. Um, that is, um, the roguelike mode, obviously. And then the lost level stuff, some new stuff there, some tweaks and visual polish. Would you say just some, uh, general, yeah, not, not a massive overhaul graphically, but it really didn't need it. Um, I think there's enough in here for 10 bucks. If that, if that roguelike mode sounds at all interesting. And I, look, I like the last of us part two. It's a very dark game. Um, uh, but if you haven't played it yet and you like last of us part one, then, and you have a PS five, go check it out. You don't, to, you don't need me to sell you on it. Hey, look, maybe you're just like, maybe you just like that TV series and want to see the real story. That's uh, probably why this exists. Yeah. If we're being <laughs> honest here. Absolutely. Assume that's, that's behind the push for, for all this stuff coming to PS five. Like this. <laughs> keeping, keeping it up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, last thing here I'll mention, I have continued with sea of stars. I am pushing through on sea of stars. I hit a point at sea of stars where I was like, ah, oh, damn, this is the story we're going to do. And I was pretty bummed out and mm. um, not happy. And I pushed past that and I'm pretty much back on board. But man, that thing, I feel like took a bit of a dumb turn. You don't get character choices that feel so dumb. You just want to put the game down. And they're like, I've definitely run into a few of those. And you're like, who would do this? This is This is a bad reason to have a conflict in this game. This is dumb. Uh, and I hit that and I was like, oh, I don't know that. And some of the attacks are taking a really long time. Like the, it's got that active combat where you can like, you know, uh, keep an attack going, um, for longer. If you're, if you're kind of hitting the right sequence of buttons and you know, some of that stuff, but I still really like it. I'm going to keep going with it. I think the vibes in that game are so good. Uh, I kind of cheered up <laughs> after I got it. And of course I got the thing. We talked, I think a lot about this. Was it last week or the week before I got a ship. So I'm pretty happy about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. A ship in a JRPG is, makes you smile. A water yeah. ship, an airship. It's, right. I'm currently on water. I don't know if there are airships exist in this world. I don't know if I will get a drill for this ship. I don't know if I will be going to the moon. I don't know anything else. Then I've got a ship and a map and that's cool. And that makes me happy and now I can explore and do other stuff. But yeah, I really hope the story part is not as black and white as they make it seem. And there's nuance in it because they made, there's some really doof water style stuff in there. It's just like, really this, this is, this is how the apocalypse happens. Doof, you know, doof mm-hmm. water, doof water, doof water, doof, doof water. water. Doof Nathan water. from I, Doof Water. I, I am. I am. I'm very tempted to ask what it is exactly that turned you off of the story, but I, maybe that's. It's. Out of, out of I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for yeah. for people who are out there. We're gonna look. Well, that's like we'll get. I could tell you offline. It's just. Yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, like you as a person, but also people generally. Like you don't hear very often. Somebody's just like, man, I like this plot point this plot twist was so shitty that it made me not want to play the game anymore <laughs> i like, like that I, sounds really dire i i mean it might sound hyper- hyperbolic but i was really like really like this is what we're gonna do this is what these two characters are gonna do i mean it's like cataclysmic <laughs> it is it is like ridiculous um 
I don't know. I'm sure something will happen later. Or I really hope something happens later on to justify the choice uh, uh, later. Yeah, maybe Let me just say it's self-aware. Maybe they're doing it now just to subvert it later. Maybe, maybe. Garl, Garl is still a great character, and I really enjoy Garl. So I'll say that. Garl keeps me going. Thank you, Garl, uh, for, for keeping, keeping that Sea of Stars great. Uh, I'm going to keep moving with that, though. Prince of Persia, uh, Lost Crown, kind of got in there, and that's kinda how these things over. go. That's how, that's how these things go. There's room in my life for both right now. Will there be room in my life in February? I'm not sure. Who can say? I'm not sure. Um, I think that, remember that game Pal World, which was like Pokemon yes. with guns? Yes. Yes. I think that's out this week. I've seen, for real. seen some people talking about it. I don't know. I don't uh, know if that's going to take over my life, but, uh, I think that goes, let's say early access on the 19th. Wow. Yes, that is out. Uh, <laughs> games that I thought would never come out. The very Something first like, screenshot on steam right now is a bunch of very cutesy looking sheep. Yeah. Behind a bunch of sandbags, manning some gigantic machine guns. I wonder how that'll do. Uh, I don't know. And then there's Suicide Squad. I'm just looking at list. It's uh, Suicide Squad and Helldivers Two early next month. Yeah, Helldivers Two. Yes, Suicide Squad. I'm not so sure. We'll see. I think I feel like nobody's really sure. I now I now I start to see things that are like. Well, I played Suicide Squad and it wasn't that bad, you know, like uh-huh. artic- like the I feel like the tone around it is so expectant to be negative that the articles now are like it wasn't as bad as people say kind of thing, but uh, But that's never it- a good that's not a position of strength. That's not a good place to be launching from. I hope I hope it's great. I hope it's good. I always hope the games are good. I mean, Rocksteady makes good games or has made good games in the past. I hope it's great. I hope it's fantastic. Hope Helldivers 2 is great. I hope Skull and Bones is great. That's another middle February game. I mean, I, I have only so much hope to go around, and I'm trying to put it into buckets where I feel like I will be rewarded for it. Uh-huh. So, yes, while maybe on some small level I do hope that Skull and Bones is great, I'm not throwing all those eggs in that basket. You should not put any eggs in the Skull and Bones basket. You will never see those eggs again. They'll be <laughs> buried on an island somewhere. <laughs> It'll be at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, we're going to talk more about Ubisoft and maybe Ubisoft's uh, business model going forward uh, and where maybe Skull and Bone fit, Bones fit into that. In the news section, any other games you want to talk about before we move on? I'm That's all I head, got. Head shakes. Uh, all right. Let's take another break here. We'll be back with the news. You'll hear all about Ubisoft and their vision for the future. Stick around. And we are back. And it's time for the news, Brad. You've gone through, picked out a couple of news items for this week. Where do you want to start? I'll start with this Ubisoft says. <laughs> Ubisoft says. Ubisoft says. Ubisoft says some stuff that gets a lot of people talking. Sure did. And this one, I felt like the responses to it were maybe not. I understand why they're responding, but it, not as nuanced as the original thing that was said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think what is actually being discussed here. <laughs> this is this is an, in an interview with GamesIndustry.biz uh, with uh, Philippe Tremblay, who is the director of subscriptions at Ubisoft. I don't think 
Like there's not there's not nearly as much intent behind these remarks as a lot of people are ascribing to it, I want to say. Yes, I agree with you. If you read the quotes, it's very hedged. Right. Um, but of course, as head of subscriptions, he's out there talking about how great their subscription services are. Yeah. And how well they're doing, particularly Ubisoft Plus Premium, which is the most 2024 ass name for a subscription. Like you can, can you pick com- one? Can you can you combine plus and premium together? Apparently. Um, all he's really talking about here is just, you know, they see a lot of growth and success with this, with the subscription platform that they're running and they are excited about offering it as an option to people. But the way he phrased some of the stuff makes it sound way more ominous than that. Mm-hmm. Um, in some places, in some places it sounds really almost deflating. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, you know, at one point he's talking about, you know, in, in the context of, how happy they are with their subscription stuff. The point is not to force users to go down one route or another. We offer purchase, we offer subscription and it's the gamer's preference. That's important here. Um, we are, we are seeing some people who, who buy choosing to subscribe now, but it also, but it all works. Mm-hmm. The comment that really got people's hackles up though, was, uh, one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like DVD having and owning their games. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little used to that. Like that's kind of I think that line in particular is like maybe the media training failed a little bit there. <laughs> yes. You got to shake that loose from them. <laughs> yeah, gamers are a little too used to owning their games. We think uh, that's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen. Uh, in games, which is, yeah. yeah. So I, my, my, my personal take here is like you're this, I read through this and like, they go on to say, it's still a small portion of the, of the revenue coming in. And this is not a, a big adopted thing. Thing that they're missing is, and the, I would suspect a head of subscriptions wouldn't mention this is when they turn off the subscription or when uh-huh. the, the, you're, you're cause they, the this head of subscriber stuff goes through on to say like look you, your progress is saved you can kind of pick up your games wherever you are like that's like you know that's not we're deep enough into subscription stuff is, even in games to see them go away you know to see yeah. see that go away and that's 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 the part you need to reassure if you want to grow this market oh totally um, you know and and the other thing is that I mean look he can't acknowledge this because in order for his argument to work to do so would not help him in any way but like. There's already been the sort of like reappraisal of, well, should I own things in the right. wake of all these subscriptions in yeah. places like music and movies? Yeah. Especially in the wake of all the Max stuff where they were literally pulling down shows that were Max exclusive just to save on taxes. Like, people have been reevaluating that yes. notion. And I'm not going to say that a massive movement of people have moved back toward physical media because clearly not. It's mostly just old heads like me. But. <laughs> The thing is, I think that while it is probably a lot easier to train a younger generation of consumers on the idea of only subscribing and never owning, that's there's there's a lot of people who play video games that are still not that that are that have been mm-hmm. doing this long enough and are very accustomed to the idea, if not owning a physical version of the game, then at least owning it on a digital platform and it can't go away. That I just don't think the subscription model 
it's going to take some years before you can train a whole new audience on just expecting that. Well, if it's digital ownership, theoretically, it can't go away or it shouldn't go away. Shouldn't but, go away. But I mean, I'm talking about in the context of like when 360 games get delisted, but it still shows up in yeah, your profile because yeah, you own it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Microsoft actually just became the most valuable company in the world. Mm-hmm. So this is not likely to happen. But, you know, there is there the possibility does exist. For you know, like a, a physical media absolutist would tell you that even digital games you don't truly own, those technically can go away. They're just yeah. not likely to. Or, or there's like a, I feel like there's a lot more um, outrage, right? Like when mm-hmm. you, a game you bought for a, a full price went away versus the contract where like you'll get a lot of access to these games for your monthly subscription, right? Yeah, like yeah a, I mean, and then those rotate. Yeah, well, like we we have not seen that tested yet, like the straight up elimination of digital ownership of games. I don't think anybody has well, taken that step yet. Well, we've had, um, and it's funny because this is part of it. Cause the uh, head of Larian came out and was like, you will not see Baldur's gate three on a subscription service. I believe firmly in this. And then I, all I could think about was stadia and yeah. was like, well, is this, <laughs> did you get burned by the stadia? I don't, you know, well, I mean, everyone got burned by stadia to some degree. So th- that was a case where Google, you know, was kind of doing digital rights management in a weird way. Like they had to figure out that it's Google. So they tried to make good on stuff, but you know, that's one that kind of just evaporated uh, out of there. They had both, I think, right. You could buy the games for stadia and I think yes. they had a subscription. Yes. Right. Um, and so it's funny to see, I think probably more Brad is, and probably why you picked this right is the responses to this thing, right? Like, um, this ends with a really, or the in the article, the write-up on Video Games Chronicle has a quote that I really liked because it's all over the place. And it's, again, mm-hmm. it's from the, uh, um, let me get their name correct here. Who's the person that is the head of subscriptions? Uh, uh, Philip F- Tremblay? F- Philippe, Philippe Tremblay. Philippe Tremblay. Says, I still have two boxes of DVDs. I definitely understand the gamer's perspective with that. But as people embrace that model, you know, the subscription stuff, they will see that these games will exist, the service will continue, and you'll be able to access them when you feel like it, or when you feel like that's reassuring. And I feel like that's the part that is like, mm. No, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's No, just, it isn't. I think just, just because you say that doesn't make it true. <laughs> right, that's exactly how I feel. Just because you say that it'll be there doesn't make it true. You can't throw a box of DVDs at me like it's fucking <laughs> Fuji dust and distract me long enough to fucking convince me that this is the, like, you're actually making a salient point here. Like, no. Show me the box. Show me the DVDs. There is no rule that says they can't just pull stuff off the subscription, you know? Like, yeah. even if it is a Ubisoft game, maybe they wouldn't. But I mean, again, everyone would have assumed Max never would have just pulled off yeah. exclusive shows until they found a tax loophole that made it more lucrative to do so. And so, no, I don't fucking trust any of these <laughs> publishers. Ubisoft, not the least among them, but certainly near the bottom rung. Like, I don't, if I want to own a Ubisoft game, I'm going to go own a Ubisoft game. I'm not going to trust their platform that it'll just be around forever because it won't. What do you what do you mean you only have two boxes of DVDs, you fucking amateur? <laughs> yeah. Also get a binder. You it's are but a, a child to me. Okay. So a couple of things I would like to say here. One, I use subscription services like uh Game Pass and uh PlayStation Plus to supplement, you know, getting my gaming, right? Like yeah, I but I, I and it's a supplement. And it's, it I, is. I know the stuff is gonna rotate out of there. So I see I we've been in it, I see the appeal, right? Like look. You pay the subscription, you get to play with a couple of games. They might go away. They might not go away. You know, it, but it, I I know it's different. 
but it is it's different in the sense that with game pass you find a game on there you like you know you want to own it you just go own it that's it you know like you just you're just buying it on the platform it's like great okay i played through a bunch of this but i know i'll play it again so now i've given the developers money like this stuff disappears from game pass all it just means is that like you know well now you just got to go buy it that's it right like Ubisoft is talking about this. This person is talking about this very much in the frame of something like a Netflix or a Max, well, where you are not- you are kind of relying on the platform instead of relying on ownership and supplementing with the platform. I I don't think that's what Philippe here. Just to be fair and like look put put me in a position to defend a Ubisoft spokesperson, but like I think what they're saying is at this point the adoption rate isn't super high. We want to offer all of these things. This is you know their subscription thing they want to grow but i agree with you alex if the path is like we would like this to take over that's what they want is i what think I'm that's saying. what philippe definitely yeah. wants um then i think you have a big problem right if yeah. game pass gets rid of being able to purchase games on my xbox then there's a big problem well i mean that just means that the xbox marketplace has some serious <laughs> fucking problems then yeah and i think that's what um sven was saying from larian um is it sven yeah sven i was saying look, we want to support, this is very important to make sure we keep this direct to developer retail chain. Uh, and you know, obviously people take cuts for platform fees and stuff like that, but that's what they were saying, uh, yeah. um, over at Larian. And I think it was this name sounds familiar. You guys are in this world. I'm not Matt Piscatelli. Yeah. I've got this tweet right okay. in front of me. I was planning to read it. Yeah, go for it. Um, <clears throat> did you pull the same one that I did? The subscri- subscription growth one. Yeah, That's I saw fine. him. Yeah, yeah I, this. Yeah, Matt Matt Piscatello is an analyst at uh, Circana, formerly NPD. Uh, if you remember NPD, <laughs> I um, do NPD numbers. You know, he's he's got he's got access obviously to quite a bit of data that is not all public. Um, also, we talked about this last week when we were kind of speculating that Game Pass Xbox Game Pass subscriptions may have kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, he says he says subscription growth has flattened, and subservices on console and PC platforms account for only ten percent of total video game content spending in the U.S. Uh, I get that some people want to protect their preferred model, but the idea that subs will become dominant is unsupported by data. Yeah. Uh, he also he also went on to say subs have been more additive than cannibalistic and offer players, devs, and pubs more choice in how to play or how to go to market. Fearmongering on this topic is quite unnecessary. Can can you read the last part where he just says, "I'm, oh, I'm leaving"? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to omit the Twitter drama part of this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. A, it's I see. I see. This tweet has reached the "I'm going to argue with you about points you never made" stage. Time to mute. Ciao, friends. <laughs> yep, love uh, it. That is the inevitable <laughs> sign off for anything that gets out of the initial ecosystem. One of the, yeah. one of innumerable reasons i'm not very active on twitter these days (laughs) but to the original point of the data doesn't support the growth of these subscription models and to your point alex that i really also feel like we are in a subscription bursting the bubble is bursting on subscribe where people are reevaluating i feel like brad you've lived here for a long time with like hey your guys are hitching a lot of subscriptions on and you know the world doesn't need you to subscribe to every service i am in trouble with it where i was an early cord cutter and then was like i'll pay a la carte and now i'm looking at my spreadsheets being like i think i'm paying more in subscriptions than i paid for cable in the beginning yep and i feel like alex what i hear outside anecdotally and on the news let's say Mm -hmm. is a lot of people reevaluating that premise of like, look, 
every fucking thing doesn't need to be a subscription subscription toothpaste subscription toothbrushes subscription the tv shows everything is a subscription the only subscription you need is the one that is to our patreon and that'll keep you happy and or it'll make you happy and so you keep that one then you're good too bad we don't have the right sponsor for this week's show who can help you find subscriptions you don't Mm. need um but it is definitely a tonal thing, and I feel like this is coming at a time, this statement is coming at a time when people are really looking at subscriptions and rights management and ownership with new scrutiny. So yeah. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, this isn't five years ago. We're, we're way past the saturation point in video and TV yeah. and movies. Like every single boutique cable network under the sun has its own streaming thing at this point. Like yeah. for, for video content, that ship sailed. I don't think we're quite there with games yet, but you know, Ubisoft has their thing. EA has their thing. Like we're kind of getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they have, have had, I mean, look, this is how many iterations of some kind of club has Ubisoft had? Now I'm not saying subscription. We get to play their games early, but geez, it's yeah, like there's Ubisoft club, Ubisoft connect. Um, mm-hmm. you play, you play God, right. You play, I think it was you play for a long time, right? I think I still am spending you play points somewhere. I'm not sure wh- where the Venn diagram of their sub services begin and end, right? Like EA's had their earlier access thing. I forget what they call it. Their, their EA play. The, is that the EA? Like where you get Madden mm-hmm. early. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's early access. Um, you know, I, Microsoft obviously has, or Xbox has game pass with their different flavors of that, of their game pass and uh, whatever they have. Sony has three tiers now of their um, stuff. It's, it's pretty rough to navigate out there. I feel like I feel like Nintendo true to form is the only company doing something interesting with the idea, you know? Yeah. Like a a even by yourself it's like 20 bucks a year let alone if you're on a family plan and it's like 7 a year. Yeah. But like the retro games are cool, but I mean they're putting out exclusive games, you know? Nobody else is doing like that. Like F0 and Tetris like, and like F0 things. 99 Tetris yeah. 99 like they're putting out actual interesting unique stuff on but their service. They- even they have two tiers now. Like, yeah, where it's, yes. like it's like, come on, man. Oh, it's not flawless by any stretch. No, and, definitely not. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think the scrutiny that th- like, this is basically stepping on a landmine, right? Like you're talking about subscription stuff. And I, again, I'm not totally opposed to it in a supplemental way, but we're in a bigger conversation about rights management and subscriptions and saturation. Like you said, Brad, like it's, I see why people are very eager to get out there and shout about this stuff, rightfully so, because it is a lot. There was definitely a bunch of people who were basically just like, you know, if, uh, if, if we don't own our games anymore, then piracy is no longer theft. Don't own our games anymore, then piracy is no longer theft. Idea going around, um, which seems to be anecdotally looking around what is happening in the TV and movie space. I see a whole lot more people talk about torrenting and usenetting tv now i think it's more that people are talking about it less that more people are doing it necessarily i think a lot of the people that just did it quietly for a long time now just feel more empowered to talk about it more than anything else because i think to the average person torrenting is still like just a bridge too far but i think that could change as time rolls along especially for stuff that disappears that is just not available in any kind of physical medium or legal medium it belongs in a museum. Eh, Ar- archive not, it. If not a if not a museum, then at least a, a nice Hard drive. you know climate controlled archive. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with the like if if you can't own it, you can't can't steal it. Uh, but 
I do, I'm not saying it's not stealing. Uh, I'm no, saying no, I do I agree think people with, don't like, care anymore. Yeah, I do agree with the like. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. The um the uh, 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 part that I think we all care about and most people should care about, which is do not trust these people as preservationists or people. Th- oh yeah, th- these Corporate are entities are the worst preservationists. Like the the, the time and time again, they are the worst. The people who have to make these decisions are not the people making the thing. A lot of the times, they don't have the um, you know. They might find a new job in five months, right? Like, and, and, you know, suddenly these things don't exist anymore. Anyway, subscribe. Thanks, everybody, for subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, yes. Patreon.com slash NextLander. We appreciate it. You know, you can just download the files we give you. You can just have you that. Could. You could. You could. Yours to keep. It's yours to keep. You we wouldn't do- download a podcast. We do put DRM on there, so we uh, we do just make sure we watch uh, we watch you, watch us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that don't, that's only fair. That's I'm watching fair. you right now. <laughs> That's only fair. Uh, all Put right. Put that down. 2024 subscriptions flat, <laughs> according to some subscriptions. Maybe an avenue we want to drive a lot of cars down, in, according to some other people whose jobs it might be to drive people to subscriptions. Uh, 2024 also continues the horrible, devastating trend of layoffs. Mm-hmm. Brad, who is in the layoff news this week? Yeah, I go back and forth on whether we should like closely track uh, this ongoing phenomenon because um, on one hand it's very depressing and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon but on the other hand I feel like it's still notable to keep an eye on this stuff Thunderful what? Group Thunderful yeah uh, is cutting uh, about 20% of their workforce yep. um, that is that is a kind of conglomerate of several studios I mostly know them as the umbrella under which Image and Form ended up the SteamWorld mm-hmm. developer Yep. Uh, but they also have Jump Ship and Guru Games. They put out The Gunk, if you remember that. That was yep. developed mm-hmm. by one of their studios. The Gunk. Um, and actually, you know, before I talk about their reasoning, I will say the other story here is that Discord is has laid off 17% of its workforce. Yes. And um, that one actually had numbers, that were 170 people Yeah, uh, for, for their numbers. Um, the, reason, the reason I'm coupling their statements here is that they're both very similar in that they both are very blunt about the fact that they overexpanded. I feel like uh, that's become a bit of a refrain now. Yeah. Uh, more they, than a bit. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they invested too heavily in growth that they were not able to achieve or sustain. And now some large number of their workers have paid the price. So on the discord side, they looks like they it got out there or was made public from the memo that went around. Uh, and then look again, having a job and security is very important as somebody who needs money and needs to pay stuff, but five months of benefit continuation, five months salary. This is on the discord side, three months outplacement services, which I don't know. I'm n- I'd never had outplacement services, so I don't know if those are generally good or bad. Um, they go on with equity vesting and a couple of other things. That doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, five, actually, yeah, five five months of salary and benefits is quite good. It's five months of salary plus an additional week for every year you've been at Discord. Um, so again, I don't know how that works out. Again, I'm not trying to say being laid off is is like oh well, at least I get this because you'd much rather look for a job while you have a job. Is my experience. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't sound. I've seen a lot worse, and that sounds reasonable to me for at least the United States. I don't know how yeah. things are in other countries. Um, yeah, that sucks. And it's the same thing we've been saying for the last year now, year and a half year, 
your plus now, let's say, which is people people brought on while the bring it on was maybe looked really promising and forever, and then there was a huge contraction. Yeah. Or to be even more cynical about it, they brought a bunch of people on at a time when investors thought that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Because yes. that's what everybody else was doing and because the when the, the economics, was good. the economics of it made sense, which is an even worse reason than organically trying to create growth. Mm-hmm. Which is Again, I, I'm no uh, analyst here, but the other parallel to this is there's a couple of stories out there, and it's not huge growth, but like games are not game sales are not down overall. It sounds like games game sales are up uh, a couple of percentage points on the year. So like industry wise, the over over expansion seems to be maybe some of. I don't know the bad decision making. Well, happened. it's the overexpansion, but it's also again, it really is just the under the hood costs that are just ballooning out of control mm. in a lot, especially in the AAA space, but kind of everywhere. And you know, a lot of that growth was sort of tied to the ability to continue to fund, you know, keep funneling money into those ever ballooning costs and or borrow feels, money without, yeah. yeah. And now it just seems like that is not possible. Um. So again, best of luck to everybody looking for jobs. That's Thunderful Group and Discord uh, with 20% at Thunderful, 17% at Discord. Uh, and then last week we talked about the Twitch stuff, right? Yes. The, the ongoing Twitch yeah. layoffs. Um, another bit of news here. Brad, you want to talk about what's going on with Remedy and Take-Two? This one seems so weird. News of the ridiculous. What is well, this? Uh, don't, don't, the ridiculous starts with an R. Don't get a suit. Uh, yeah, Take Two is going after Remedy's new-ish logo. I don't think it's that new, is it? I last couple years at most. This is so silly to me. Was it June last year? No, I think that's right. It yes. wasn't that long ago. Yes, June last year is when Remedy debuted their new logo, which is largely a big R. <laughs> and then Take Two, parents of Rockstar, has taken issue. Because Rockstar's logo is also a big R. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially it, right? That's which is really basically it. it. Which is basically it, except for the fun detail uh, that Remedy is currently working on mm-hmm. games for Rockstar. Yep. Uh, they're, what are they're, we doing? They're working with Rockstar on those Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes. Yeah. So what are we doing here? What is the point of this? I, I saw some commentary that said, like, this is probably just going to get resolved very quickly. Like this whole, I, I don't know. This whole thing seems extremely silly to me. I wonder in, in what way, though. Yeah, like, it just poses the que- builds, like puts the question of like why do it in the first place. I don't know. I don't know. Like the stated reason or the real reason. Well, what is their stated reason? You know, brand confusion, marketplace confusion. Not um, a fucking chance. <laughs> like not a yeah. chance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're looking for money from Remedy. No, I think well, they want them to change the logo, probably. Yeah, like I, I well, I should say they'll take money, but I don't know if they, you know, like are going to fund Grand Theft Auto or something with the money from yeah. Remedy. Like I just, I, I look at this and it just, of all the things for Rockstar to get even <laughs> like a minor twist about, and especially considering the nature of their now like their relationship with Remedy compared to where it was before, this just feels like pointless and it does feel pointless and just like really just like poking a bear for no particular reason like just swing your weight around because you can and not because it actually hasn't like there's any point to this like i remedy can change their logo fine whatever and you know rockstar will get its way probably fine whatever but it's like after all the years of remedy and rockstar kind of not 
really dealing with one another and Max Payne kind of being in a weird limbo and then them kind of announcing and coming back like, hey, you know, we're going to do these remakes and, you know, there's a there's a relationship there again. It's like. If I was Remedy, I'd be like, well, why are we working with you again? Like, why are we even doing this again? It seems super weird. And and to be clear, it's probably it could be all from take two. And not people at Rockstar, you know, it, it is a, it is filed by Take Two. Um, I don't want I don't want to impugn people at Rockstar. Oh sure, like, yeah, like yeah we don't, very we well don't could be. Care, yeah. But if if that's the case, that's even stupider because that just means your two legal teams aren't talking to one another. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like they're just freaking R's. Like it's just an R. You can't own that. And also, like, there's no star on it. <laughs> there's no stars upon R's. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I just all the R's are here. <laughs> I just think it's like the amount of people. It, you take your brand seriously, I get it, but you're, you're, whoever said they're not going to confuse them is absolutely right. Like we're we're not in a place where people are like, "Oh, did Remedy make Grand Theft Auto?" <laughs> like they're really good. A, most people who play games don't give a crap who made the game. B, if you do, you probably know, you're probably not like, is that Remedy's logo? Did they make a Grand Theft Auto? Like, or did did Rockstar make Alan Wake? That's pretty impressive. I should go get that. It's just one of those things that, I don't know, maybe it seems sillier than whoever. We have fans out there in all portions of the of the business. If you can make sense of this, why you do this, do you have to protect the thing? Is it one of those things where, like, if you don't do it, then you can't. Then you lose the right to defend it. I don't. Are know. Are you going after every fucking app design that has the letter R on it too? Maybe, maybe. And what if your name is like Rich and you sign into Google Docs and you got that little R in the corner? Are you? Uh, do you have to look out for for Take Two coming after you? Yeah. No. Fucking Sam Hauser is going to show up at your door with a fucking <laughs> baseball bat. I uh, know. I thought that was a very silly story. We'll see where that goes. Um, not as silly. Though you knew this was coming, Alex, you knew someday. Yeah, uh, what happened over at Harmonix? I mean, nothing really happened over at Harmonix. This is more of a again. I we described I described this to you guys as a, a foreseeable inevitability. Uh, but you know, we all prayed the day would never come. But Rock Band DLC is coming to an end again. Again. Oh, Again. sorry. Did it had it come to an end once? Yes. Uh, oh. After they sunsetted Rock Band Three development, and in the fall, in the wake of Rock Band Blitz development as well, there was a period for I'm gonna say two years, maybe between like 2013 and 2015, where they did not do new DLC mm. because there was no game to be releasing really DLC for. They had kind of moved on to the next generation of consoles. They were doing other things. And then Rock Band 4 came around, and that is what started ah. that pipeline back up again. So Rock Band 4, let's uh, if I can be so bold as to just say, 4 DLC has never stopped. Not you, since 4 it, came out, yeah. no. Okay. Dude, has it really been eight years since Rock Band 4? <laughs> yes. Dude, what? The Rivals expansion was, I think, a year or two after the fact, but that, and that was the last big developmental thing they did for it. But after that, it was really just the DLC pipeline going after that. Um. January 25th will be the last DLC songs. Do we know what those are? No. They announced okay. this week's, which uh, let me look what those are up real fast. Uh, but 
basically the announcement here, which is from Daniel Sussman, uh, who I believe is their current creative director. He was there when I was working at Harmonix back in the day. Uh, he was in charge of a lot of the, the hardware manufacturing stuff. Uh, basically comes on to say, like, we have, you know, the gist of it is we have moved on to working on uh, Fortnite Festival. That is our primary concern now. Uh, at this stage, we are no longer going to be producing new DLC past uh, the end of this month. Uh, the current songs for this week are The Trogs, Our Love Will Still Be There, and Elton John's Good Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Okay. So How much? There's, what's three, that? Is it still like three bucks a song? Two, two bucks. They have never raised their prices on okay. DLC in the entire time they have been doing this. And the thing I said, uh, you know, kind of talking about this on social media was, with the exception of that period between three and four when they just weren't doing anything rock band, they have basically been supporting this platform in some form or another since 2007. Mm, with DLC, with sequels, what have you. Uh, so, you know, for them to have started that again in 2015 and gone for another eight years on top of everything else is just... a astronomically weird amount of support for a game like that, a thing that definitely peaked many years ago in terms of popularity. And I don't want to let my sadness about this ending diminish the fact that they did actually pull off something pretty incredible in the grand scheme of things. Do you know, because it's, um, it's not exactly clear. I'll, I'll read this and maybe, maybe the clarity's in there. I'm missing it. It says over, after over eight years of weekly Rock Band 4 DLC releases, we're here to let you know that January 25th will be the last DLC release of the RB4 era. Which, hey, look, maybe there's an RB5, you know what I'm saying? All other live services will continue as normal, including Rivals, Season, Online Gameplay, and everything else. Does that mean you won't be able to buy the DLC, or they're just not releasing new DLC? If I had to guess, yeah, because uh, they did sunset pretty much everything for Fuser sales-wise when they they shut that thing down. And to be fair, that was definitely the canary in the coal mine that things were going mm. to change uh, at some point down the road for this as well, because Rock Band has been in maintenance mode since before even Epic bought them. Um, my guess is that with all the... I mean, I'm not saying there's a big community left for Rock Band out there, but for the people who are still buying DLC every week and what have you, my guess is that that stuff will remain on the storefront for the rest of this console generation, with the exception of stuff that where there is a licensing agreement that expires. So you think you think you will still be able to buy it for as long as this console, as long as you can play Rock Band for? This is purely yeah, a guess yeah, on my part, yeah, yeah. and do not. I have no inside information on yeah. this whatsoever. I've not talked to anyone at Harmonix in a long time, but. My guess is that the way they will handle this is that the storefront will remain available for as long as they can keep it available. And whether or not certain songs, certain bands, what have you, start dropping out as licensing agreements expire, if okay. they expire, they'll just delist. It's going to be on a piece by piece basis. They have not delisted anything in a while, but I, it, given this state, I would say that the delistings are probably in the foreseeable future for some stuff at least. It does say in this statement, it says, quote, to be very clear, you can play the songs you own with in rock band four for as long as you like end quote. So I'm yeah. just curious if you can still buy them. I am also curious if they will offer some kind of like, who some kind of January 25th blowout sale where you can get the entire catalog for like, you know, I don't want to know what that number even <laughs> looks like 12 grand uh, even so on sale. I don't want to know. It says here, there are 3000 songs of DLC, 3000 included with the game soundtrack. So let's say 3000 times two. So that's $6,000. No no no, 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 no. That's not what it says. There's definitely not 6,000 songs. Uh, 
if you add the songs from the soundtracks yeah. on there, it's well over 3,000. Oh, 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 well over 3,000. Sorry. Yeah. So 3,000 songs is DSC and well it's over 3,000. It's probably like 3,300, 3,400 songs if I had to guess the okay. whole thing. So a couple hundred from the games, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a very important point to make. There weren't 3,000 yes. songs included in the game. No. Um. So, Alex, my question. Yeah. How many of these do you think you own percentage-wise? It's It's high 90s. High 90s. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, again, keep in mind to the casual consumer and the person who doesn't like looking at how much money he spends on things like me, it's like four, it's been four bucks a week for a long time. Mm. You know, that is the ask. Sometimes they do song packs that are 549 or whatever, but they have not done like the $20 album DLC or Mm. things like that in a very long time. Okay. So on a week to week basis, very small ask. Add it all up. Fuck, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and your hard drive. Yeah. Um, that's that's wild. Uh, well, yeah, I wonder if there will be a buy all thing or something uh, in there. I assume that's very hard because of the way to, the rights management work, but it'd be very yeah. interesting to see a, on January 25th, is like, complete your collection. Uh, well, the thing is you can't, though, because there is stuff that you just can't buy anymore. Okay. And so you will never, if you are buying now, you will never be able to have the full 100% completion like like library um i don't even have that there are a few songs i didn't get because one they sucked and two they were uh just dlc i didn't feel like buying at the time and then never went back before they got delisted so gotcha so like handful of songs out there i'll never play i'll live with that um as much as i love nice round numbers but yeah i mean again i understand this i hate it on a personal level, but from a business standpoint, if I'm Epic, I completely understand why this is the priority and not Rock Band. The worst sentence for me in this entire thing, quote, if you are a fan of the rhythm game category, Fortnite Festival is the place to be. And with support (laughs) support for the Rock Band 4 instruments coming, this is not the time to hang up your guitars just yet. End quote. No, I, well, look, (laughs) Here's what I know. It might be the place to be. I don't know. Here's what I know. There has been some loose talk about them trying to sell instruments for this Fortnite festival stuff. Yeah. They would be making new ones. And I, my guess is they will make guitars and probably nothing else. Um, that doesn't matter to me in the slightest. Like I, The thing I would say is if they manage to find a way to make existing instruments work for Fortnite festival, I might think about fucking around with that. But... The reality is what they are talking about doing with that platform versus what I enjoyed about Rock Band, there is a big gulf between them, and I just don't think that Fortnite Festival is what I am looking for in general. Alex, can, we, can I... Oh, sorry, oh, go sorry. ahead, Brad. Yeah, Brad. I was going to ask, can we talk about their closing... Do you want to talk about their closing paragraph here? Sure. Uh, do you want to read it? Uh, let me pull the link up here. Oh, sorry, Ed. I've got it here. Okay, yeah, why don't you read it for me? Uh, the, gist, the gist of it is, you know, we've deliberated long and hard about how to, like, close this thing out. The last two weeks will feature some tearjerkers that sum up our feelings about this moment. Yeah. Any thoughts I mean, on what might be coming? Are there any, like, <laughs> long-awaited, long-in-demand things they might bust out at the last moment? They already did American Pie, so they can't end it on that now. That's how they ended the DLC run the last time, was with American Pie. Um I don't know. Like this is there's the been end. there's been yeah, they could do that. I mean, there's so much stuff they could do that has been requested over the years and either because of licensing reasons or budget reasons or whatever they just couldn't do. That's not what this feels like. This does mm-hmm. not feel like them 
having a big long blowout like we know this is coming so we're ready it feels more like they got told this a couple of months ago and they're like uh okay because the last three weeks of dlc have just been rock band rewind tracks which is on disc songs they are now selling Uh um so it really feels like they literally they just ran out of road and they had to come up with something to close things out they have on the right hand side of their page here because i'm on this blog categories for their games yeah now you know a lot about harmonics i have kind of lost the thread a bit if i read some of these can you tell me if this is ongoing canceled or just a lie ready sure drop mix drop mix is a new music mixing game from harmonics where you blend tunes to win the crowd i mean they made that board game drop mix and <laughs> yeah. yes so that did exist is it ongoing no Ooh. okay Fuser, I know, from the creators mm-hmm. of Rock Band and Dance Central. Welcome to Fuser, a nonstop virtual music festival where you control the music. No longer. Definitely not nonstop, as we learned. Uh, poor Rock Band here. This is timely. Uh, new DLC announcements, fan stories behind the scenes, and more from the... Okay, Rock Band is obviously done, and DLC will be done. Yeah. Dance Central? Not in many years. Sing Space. I don't wait, even know what that is. Wait, surely you remember Dance Central. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying is not has yeah. not been going for many uh, years. Okay. Dance Central Three was the I think the last one. Yes. Sing Space, the newest karaoke VR title for Samsung Gear VR and Oculus Go. Sing That's Space why is, I don't know what it is. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea if that actually came out or not. Super Beat Sports collection of five sports themed games. That did come games? out. That did okay. come out. That was like a mobile game, I think. Oh, okay. Audica. VR rhythm shooter combines Harmonix's award-winning music gameplay with precision shooting mechanics. That's a real thing, right? I think so. The last blog post for that was December 2022. Okay. That for Audica? Yes. Um, Didn't they have another shoot'em game that wasn't VR? Uh, There was that A City Sleeps game, which was like a side-scrolling game. Oh, okay. I think nine people bought that game. There was, was, yes, they were working on a competitive shooter that I believe did not see the light of day. There was another thing, for sure, that did not, in that vein, that did not come out. Somewhere in the 2018-19 time frame. And not on this list is Is, Amplitude, which is obviously, you know, that that came back, right? Didn't they do like a Kickstarter for a different newer Amplitude or something that like... A vinyl release. Man, harmonics. It's one of my favorite studios for obvious, and not, and not just for sentimental reasons. It is one of my favorite studios to come out of video games, and it has just been a real bummer watching the way that studio has gotten batted around over mm. the last decade and a half. Like, the people there, they make good stuff. Like, they obviously have, like, a real like an interesting creative drive that has always resonated with me even before I started working there. And like, look again, if this means they get to keep their jobs and they get to keep working on stuff and making things, then by all means go with God, keep making your Fortnite festival. I'm happy for you. I don't want to play it, but that doesn't matter. I would take that over just the studio, not existing anymore, which feels like it has been the threat for a number of years in the wake of rock band. Have you tried that festival stuff? I tried yeah. it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it either. Okay. It just it seemed, felt like it, it felt very like basic. The most lightweight version yeah. of the rock band model you could make. All right. I, I went and pulled it up. Chroma is the game you were thinking. Chroma. Chroma. Yes. Right. Chroma, Chroma is the first person competitive first person shooter rhythm first person shooter. And that never came out. 
They, I believe, ran an alpha of it at some point. Okay. You can actually still find the page on their site where they still talk about it in the future tense. <laughs> okay. The, de- the development team has already started prototyping new directions for the game based on the most successful mechanics in the tests. Like, it's, it's just sad. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the Rock Band DLC, January 25th, I believe. I just closed the page. We might have to do some kind of send-off stream <laughs> at some point with some, some more drumming because I just... Uh... Alex plays his entire catalog of over 3,000 songs. I mean, I am trying to get back in practice to do another uh-huh. marathon this year. We'll see. Lastly here, the GDC Awards are happening. They're coming on March 20th. Um, they put their list of nominees out. 24th annual. They've been making video games for 24 years and putting them in little categories. Uh, they have their audience award, which is open to the public through January uh, 31st. But what I really want to do very quickly here, since we've had our game awards already, mm-hmm. is talk about what they have. And I just want you to quickly top of mind, you name your winner. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Best audio, Baldur's Gate 3, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Venba. Best my, audio. My guess is Hi-Fi Rush. That's a pretty yeah, good one. That's what Hi-Fi I Rush. said. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I go with it. Best audio. Best debut, Cocoon. Hang on, sorry. We're guessing what the likely winner is? You could just pick your favorite, or you could just guess who's going to win. But I would say Hi-Fi Rush for both of those guesses. Best debut, Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Venba, Viewfinder. I'd go Viewfinder. Yeah, same. Yeah, Alex, Viewfinder? I could go with that. Best debut? I I could see Dave the Diver taking it on that, but I would would go viewfinder best design i know do a little bit more but i'm just as a game designer i'm gonna have strong opinions (laughs) about this uh boulders gate 3 cocoon dredge hi-fi rush legend of zelda i bet boulders gate i could see it i could see it yeah i could see yeah boulders gate 3 sure i could see zelda taking it also totally that feels that feels very possible i would pick boulders gate 3 cocoon is a dark horse there not that it's gonna win sure Sure. I think Dredge for best design, probably not as strong. Uh, Innovation Award, Baldur's Gate 3, Cocoon, Hi-Fi Rush, it's the same games over and over. Legend of Zelda, The Making of Karataka, though I want to say I I love Making of Karataka, Innovation Award, they've kind of just used their template on that one. Yeah. You want to talk about innovation in the space in the field of Karataka derivatives. Uh Uh-huh. Did you see Karotica somebody <laughs> somebody just put out a patch for original Karataka the other day that makes it multiplayer? Jeez. It turns it into a fighting game. Can the, they oh, do that? Oh, sorry, where they're fighting against each other. Yeah, it, turns it, in, okay. it turns it into a one-on-one head-to-head fighting game. Okay, that's weird. Uh, also, the patch apparently is like a couple hundred bytes long. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's very funny. Online multiplayer or local? Uh, probably local only, okay. but you could make that work with Parsec pretty easily. <laughs> uh. Innovation, BG3, Cocoon, Hi-Fi Rush, Legend of Zelda, Making of Karataka. I'd probably go Cocoon for innovation. Like, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. spirit of it, maybe? Yes, yes. In the spirit well, of the award, that feels the most right. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 is building on a lot of things that have been done before. Yeah, yeah. Same with Zelda and Hi-Fi Rush, I think. I think Cocoon yeah. for that category. Yes. Uh, we're almost done here. Best narrative. Alan Wake 2, BG3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Zelda, and Venba. We had this category. I would have to give it to Alan Wake 2 on this yeah, one. Yeah. Sure. We talked a lot about this during our awards. Yeah. 
the Social Impact Award, A Space for the Unbound. I don't know that game. Assassin's Creed Mirage, Baldur's Gate 3, Terra Nil, and Venba. Uh, boy, that's a tough one. I, I'm not sure give what the, this- Give me the list again. Yeah. Think- a Space for the Unbound, which is the one I don't know. Assassin's Creed Mirage, Baldur's Gate 3, Terra Nail, which was the one where you your like reverse. A, I didn't like that game as builder. much like as a, yeah. maybe I wanted to. It's like a solar punk city builder kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and well, I think you're reclaiming factories for nature, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. You're reclaiming environments and, and stuff, yeah. Uh, Venba is the last one on that list. I would maybe go Venba personally. Venba? Okay. Yeah, I think I think BG3 and Assassin's Creed are a little bit of reaches, though I can see where they're coming from. Sure, Vemba. I'll go with that. I'll take your word on that one. I did not play it, but I could see it. Uh, best technology. Okay. Technology. The, yeah, this is an interesting one. Brad, best technology. Let's go for our technology expert here, resident technology expert. Mm. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Man, that's a tough one because they excel in different ways. I'd Probably would go Alan Wake 2 for sheer visual and rendering quality. Sure. And 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 blending of FMV elements into a 3D world. Good case. I, I could see that happening. I could see the case for Spider-Man 2's load times. I could see the case for Tears of the Kingdom's putting stuff together, rock, building rockets yeah. on your butt, you sure. know? Yeah, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom actually is probably a strong winner there, too. I'm not sure I see Starfield. Starfield's tougher. BG3, I think, um, is cool with their systems. Like, their systems are amazing, though they could be a little, uh, a lot of spinning plates at times. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably pick Alan Wake 2 or Baldur's Gate 3, but I understand why Tears of the Kingdom would make a strong, strong. Yeah, I feel like that might end up being just sort of like, the easy vote and i'm not saying it's the wrong vote it, it i think there's a very strong case for it to win that award but i feel like that's the thing like the voters will probably lean on is that like you can just point to a very specific technological thing that is mm. that game is marvel all right we got our last two categories here for the main categories best visual art best graphics visual artistic art. yeah visuals alan wake 2 cocoon Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, Legend of Zelda. Gonna say, we have seen the same games pop up pretty much throughout this entire list. Yeah. And it was a hell of a year for releases. It's Alan Wake. Alan Wake, best visual? Yeah. I think I think it's gotta be, I have to say, Final Fantasy has got some extremely strong visual design in it, though. So good, good nomination here for Final Fantasy? Yes, yes for sure. I think Alan Wake 2 probably, probably should take it there. I think this could be a strong one for Alan Wake, except when we come to Game of the Year, Baldur's Gate 3, Cocoon for Game of the Year, Dave the Diver for Game of the Year, Dredge for Game of the Year, Marvel Spider-Man 2 for Game of the Year, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for Game of the Year, and that's the end of the list. No Alan Wake 2 on that list. Huh. That's going to be Baldur's Gate. I think, look, I would pick Baldur's Gate as my Game of the Year. But I could see Zelda taking it. People love Zelda. Well, no, it's not that you would, it's you did. You did make Baldur's Gate yeah. your game of the year. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's yeah. my game of the year. Yeah. Um, surprised not to see Alan Wake 2 on this game of the year list. It's interesting. I'm not sure yeah. why that would be, other than maybe just something in there split the vote, but that's, yeah. It's in their honorable mentions list, along with Diablo 4, which feels okay. like an odd well, one to have in there. Well, that feels like a 
weird insult okay right because the other ones in here sea of stars starfield super mario brothers wonder final fantasy 16 like okay um yeah i don't know i don't know i guess it it was on the bubble yeah anyway that's the i look we want to promote other award shows or at least i certainly do gdc's awards march 20th um go check them out that's the that's the game developers conference awards alan wake 2 you think the stories about Alan Wake 2's financial stuff are are all true? I hope there's more nuance there in terms of like it was a it, people loved it but it didn't sell super well. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I would believe that. I don't. I, I also would believe it. I don't know how much stock to put in that stuff. I mean, you know, remember it did not get a physical release of any kind. Yeah, which is going to put some dent in that, but maybe not as big of a dent as it would have in the past. I've seen like speculation back and forth, kind of arguing both sides and. You know, basically, yeah, no, it was a, it was a financial miss or like, no, it's fine. You know, I, I really hope they did very well on it. I'd love I think it probably has a lot more to do with expectation versus anything else. Like, I don't know what their expectations were for mm. it. Um, like budget know, control, expectations. Control was a game that did not have expectations, you know, like that after, after quantum break and kind of moving to a smaller publisher and kind of doing their own thing. Like, I think people were not not necessarily expecting Control to be bad, but they weren't expecting it to be the breakout that it was. And here, I don't know what their expectations mm. were for Alan Wake, because it had been so long since they made one of those, but they were coming off of Control. So, like, if anything, I would think that Remedy's stock would be higher than normal, and coming back to a thing that, in a way, kind of ties into Control might get some people on board sure. that maybe didn't care about Alan Wake beforehand, it... But that said, I I don't know how far that carried outside our usual sphere of people who would have played Alan Wake anyway. I think um, did Remedy re up with Epic, or did I? Dr- I think I might have dreamed that up. I don't know. I'm not sure. I yeah, might I might have that wrong. I could have. Remedy's got so many deals with different people because mm-hmm. they've got like four projects. You know, they've got the Max Payne um, remakes. They've got Control Two. They've also got that Control multiplayer game. <laughs> I forgot about the. They had Alan one. Wake until. Sorry, I, I was thinking they had signed up for another deal with Epic, but I or another game with Epic, but I might be mistaken on that. Hmm. Well, best of luck in the GDC awards, and best of luck to Remedy, who I feel like is getting shortchanged for that Game of the Year nomination. That's gonna do it for the news. Let's talk about emails. We've got an email address. That address is podcast at nextlander dot com. Podcast at nextlander dot com. Say it three times or you're not doing it right. Podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker, mm-hmm. what you got in the email basket? Um, as I pull those up, I'm just going to say that I believe they do, in fact, have another game coming with Epic. Oh, okay. It sounds like that was part of it. The, they, they signed a two-game deal with Epic. Uh, okay, t- and Alan of, 2 being one of them. At, at the time of signing, they were described as their next AAA multi-platform release, and the other is a smaller-scale project. So presumably okay. that AAA project turned out to be Alan Wake. Uh, we will anyway. see. We will see. Yes. Um, now I will go to the emails. Uh, bit of a theme here. Okay. Here's one from James. Will Alex be giving his recommendations of his favorite metal albums of 2023? He used to post a list every year on Twitter uh, at the end of the year, but better late than never. So I didn't post a list this year because I looked it over and the number of albums I actually consumed last year was pretty low. Um just wasn't like a year where i dug too deep into music for the most part uh so i did not end up posting anything that said if you want a few good metal recommendations from last year that i do have on hand Mm -hmm. i will give them 
uh, at least as far as like heavy music. I can't guarantee it's all exactly your kind of metal, but it's stuff that I like. Uh, my favorite last year was this band Loma Prieta, which is a San Francisco band. Uh, their album Last was definitely my favorite thing. That's more of like a noisy post-hardcore thing than straight up metal, but it's very good heavy music if you like that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because their lead singer is someone I went to junior high school with. I didn't even know that and when I first discovered the band, so that was a very funny discovery some years ago. Um, this band Gridlink, uh, which if uh, Brad, if you know Tim Tracy, you may mm-hmm. remember his uh, n- his friendship with uh, John Chang of Discordance Axis. Yes, uh, I believe John Chang is in gri- one of as one of his side bands. Uh, they put out an album this year called Coronet Jupiter that is fucking fantastic. Uh, Panopticon's album from this year, The Rhyme of Memory, was one I liked a lot. Uh, Wolves in the Throne Room's Crypt of Ancestral Knowledge is a very good uh, long EP. Four songs and still like half an hour long, if that tells you anything. Um, and I like the, the most recent Tomb Mold album, The Enduring Spirit, which is a, just a great fucking name, I, I gotta say. Tomb, Tomb Mold. Mold. Tomb Mold yeah. is an incredible name. For Tomb it. Mold is, sounds like a good JRPG monster you fight. Uh, totally. <laughs> Tomb Mold. Tomb Mold. Is it They're M-O-L-D good. or M-O-U-L-D? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's did you hear, good. Did you hear Metal Slime is opening for those guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Tomb Mold. Uh okay. Thank you, Alex. No problem. <laughs> uh, Brad, uh, do we have another email? Corey from North Royalton, Ohio. Uh, my cousin's band Elder is opening up for Tool, who are currently on tour. Okay. I'm flying out to L.A. to see my cousin play in February, but I know next to nothing about Tool. I was wondering if Alex or anyone can share some insight on what I should expect and what you know about Tool. Oh. Also, okay. bear in mind, you know, maybe maybe... You might end up like interacting with them as well. Yeah. Um, here's <laughs> what I know. And granted, this is fairly old information because the last time I saw Tool was in the mid 90s. Same um, here. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh... I've seen footage from their recent shows and they seem like they are as tight as ever. So I think on a musical standpoint, uh, they will be good. Um, everything I've heard is that Maynard is a giant asshole. Um, uh, Danny Carey, the drummer, is a super nice guy. I don't know about the other guys, but I would assume that maybe it's just Maynard, who's kind of a dickbag. But um, there's not really that much to know. Their songs are very long and plodding as far as, like, heavy music goes. So while there certainly will be pits and you will be dealing with, you know, rowdy crowds to a certain degree, they also have 11-minute songs that have long lulls in them. Mm. So you will have some breaks in between stuff. Um. Dude, I, I, here's the thing I don't know. So I also, the last tool show I saw was probably in high school in the nineties, maybe after, but I think that's it. But I did not listen to much after like, what is it? Uh, lateralis was like where they, it got like really funky, not very proggy. Yeah. Funky, funky than it already was. Yeah, Yeah. Like it used to be a little. Look, I, I, when I say genres, I don't want to offend people, but a little more metal or, or hardcore-ish, like, you know, Undertow was, you Yeah, know, most of the songs are like five or six minutes at yeah. most, and they're very riff-heavy, you and know? And like, kind of screamy, you know? Yeah. Um, and then- They, they got more ponderous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, everything from Lateralis on is definitely them in full-on ponderous mode, though I like some of that stuff, but it is different. It's different. So I don't yeah. know, do they play their earlier stuff? They play some of it. They do. Okay, so that would I be my question. If like, I, 
I have no idea. I Again, I have not been to one of their shows since literally I saw them play support for Primus on New Year's at the Oakland Coliseum. Like, that's how long it's been. Um, my understanding is that they do at least play some of the old songs, but I don't know how many, and it might not even be, like, the quote-unquote hits. I don't know okay. if they still play Prison Sex uh, <laughs> at, at, uh-huh. at those shows anymore. Opiate? Is that the, the, the like, EP? That's the stuff that's I remember. That's the opening EP is Opiate. Okay. Um, and then it was, uh, it was Undertow and then, uh, Anima after that. Right. Yes. I was a big Undertow fan. That was my tool days. Yeah. I liked Anima. Like that was, that was definitely my favorite one. Uh, anyway, have fun. Yeah. No, just go have fun. And you know, if Maynard's a, a, a jerk, don't be super surprised by it. That's all. <laughs> don't look Maynard in the eye. Adam yeah. Jones. Is that the other member? That That's the-, the guitar player. Yeah. Okay. And he was also the one that I think did a lot of their like puppetry oriented videos. Um, and, uh, um, don't try and keep time on their songs. It'll drive you uh, um, mental. Or or make it a game. Make it a yeah, fun guessing a game. game of trying to guess what time signature you just shifted into. You know, it's funny. My wife does that if I'm ever like in the car and I'm like, hey, I'm going to put this Tool song on. I think it's going to be interesting for the Max who, you know, is yeah. learning drums. And she is literally sitting there while she's driving like, one, two, three, four, five. Six. What the fuck is going on here? You know, like sometimes it's like the first measure is 11, <laughs> eight, and then it moves into like a 16, 15 kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah, real, it's very confusing. It's a real confusing thing. Uh, any more emails, Brad? Um, we could do one more here. Sure. <clears throat> Barnacle Steve wrote in about some. Um, Sorry, did you say Barnacle Steve? Barnacle Steve. Okay, great. The Barnacle Steve? <laughs> the very same. Okay. All right. Um, about the Prince Persia stream we did the other day, it came out. We didn't hear it. I, Vinny, maybe you've heard this now, or did they patch it out already? They forgot to record some dialogue yes. for that game, and didn't they auto-generate it like machine? So I heard text that to speech it. There was one place where a character just didn't talk. Okay. So, uh, so I would, uh, and it only occurred to me. Um. So this is not a spoiler, but the, uh, you guys might have encountered this. Sometimes when you go to a whack whack tree, there's like a spirit within it. Yeah, yeah. And there was there's a, a guy. Yeah. So I encountered a different whack whack tree where the spirit head was there, and then it just didn't talk to me. Like mm. it, you could hit the talk thing and nothing happened. So I I never got like this is Doctor's fate. So you know like yeah. it, and it sounds like it was you know it wasn't like what we consider ai voice yeah, no. No, no no it was just straight up text to speech full on text to speech and very innocently it sounds like they literally just like it slipped through the cracks they forgot to record those lines yeah uh anyway uh barnacle steve wrote in to kind of confirm what i had speculated about on that stream about why somebody from the team didn't just like step up and do it because mm. it sounds like it's a bit character right where they could have just had anybody do it the likely reason is that part of the SAG rules state that if any of the voice actors for a game are members of SAG, all voice actors mm. must be members of SAG. That's what I thought was the case. I worked on a team once where there was a card-carrying SAG member on staff. The game had a very famous actor in it who was un- unable to record pickup lines at the end of development. The SAG member impersonated that actor and those lines shipped. As far as I know, it was never called out by anybody. This is why you pay for the good talent. The mm-hmm. people who can... And this is probably why you also see additional voices with a, with a bunch of other people that are uh, uh, doing other voices on there, too. Because probably yeah. once you have people in a booth, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. Just, just just always have a SAG member on staff just in case. Yeah. It's like having uh, uh, someone who can notarize, <laughs> having a notary mm-hmm. on staff. Is anybody a notary or a SAG <laughs> member? <laughs> totally. Um, I wonder if I, I do wonder the question to people in the industry. Are there members who have joined SAG in a development team that are like, 
No, like uh, uh, Nina's, she's in SAG because she did stuff. She joined when she did this game, and we keep upping her. We make sure she gets enough work to keep her upped so that she can do any additional voices uh, uh, come a game. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Industry, making games, impossible. It's an impossible task. It's, it's, it, I can't remember who was it that said it's just it's a miracle anything ships. I, I always feel that. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank everybody for listening before we get moving on here into the big wraps up wrap ups. I want to remind people who are following along with the watch cast. We are now we're moving into a three episode per watch cast, uh, uh, grouping here. So if you're keeping up with the twin peaks season two, some of my favorite stuff, uh, huh. We talked about this on the ramble cast. It's so dumb and I kind of like it. Yeah. It's, it's it's nonsensical and I love it. But anyway, if you're keeping up, you're going to want to watch three episodes. Uh, Alex, do you have the three episodes that are uh, coming up for? I can this, if you give me one, one moment. Yeah, sure. I can vamp for a little bit. Uh, the the content in these is so far afield. It's so it's so in the oh, woods. You mean the episodes, the Black Widow, yes. Checkmate, and Double Play? Yeah. So you'll want to keep up with those, and then um, for at least a few more episodes here until we near the end of the season, uh, uh, as we kind of squish those all together because though i find them very enjoyable maybe content or or not as rich in plot development sometimes really just depends on what you want from twin peaks i think (laughs) fair fair enough uh so uh just a programming note there for that uh we'll have uh, i'm gonna kick off some cyberpunk tomorrow i'm gonna play an extended session of just trying to bang out some side quests i talked about this previously but doing a little cyberpunk gaiden where uh i need to get better at that game and <laughs> i also need to acquire a bunch more skill points and i think mainlining the story isn't the way i'm gonna do it so i wanted to mm-hmm. go jump in there and just kind of spend a few hours uh no no end time on that stream yet but i'm gonna go for a little while there and just kind of soak up Alex, you remember that side mission list. It's pretty long now. There's a lot. There's a lot there. So I want to go soak some of that stuff up. And I want to be the best cyber ninja I can. And then on Friday, uh, we're looking. uh, Abby should be coming through. And we're going to have the, um, what is it? The hotline game. that uh, um, Yeah. The home home safety hotline. Yeah. Yeah. Been looking forward to this one. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully that's a lot of fun. And we can uh, uh, see some goofy analog phone calling for termites or whatever happens in that game. So that's what's going on towards the end of the week. Of course, we'll have uh, the ramble cast. We mentioned the watch cast. We got never been a better podcast. Hopefully going up on Friday. That was a really fun one. We got Dan Reichert and Jeff Backlar. Probably heard about it already, but you can hear all about Dan and his Mac and cheese incident as we uh-huh. investigate that further uh, on that. And you can check out all of that stuff. Over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash nextlander, along with our game of the year list, are up there now. You can check those out for definitive game of the year content. Uh, find a tier that is right for you. Membership starts at just $5 a month. The best subscription out there. We talked a lot about subscriptions. Can't beat it. Uh, different tiers out there. One tier, the Mysterious Benefactor tier gets their name read on this here show. And Alex Navarro, would you do the honors of reading those Mysterious Benefactors for us? I would be glad to. Our Mysterious Benefactors for this week are Sean Miller, Ryan Waterman, RRE, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Evan Cook, 
Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deirdre Does Dawn Trail, Gary Pejski, Robert Fisher, Bunny Fiend, comma, The, Peter Reardon, Jad Rita, Statics, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Raz Grizz the Second, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thanks to all our mysterious benefactors out there, and thanks to everyone who has supported us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Now, like I said back at the beginning, our plan is to continue coming back to, in this case, Prince of Persia. So next week, we'll probably have more spoilers about that game as we talk deeper about what we're doing. going to stick with it for a little while here, no given time period, but until we move on to the next thing, and we'll stay grouped there. Follow along with us if you want. Hey, join the game club today. One other subscription or anything, and this one's free. Just got to play along with us. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening to this week. Again, WatchCast, uh, RambleCast, Never Been a Better Podcast, all over at the Patreon. Go check them out. Thanks, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. 